choose life, choose a job, choose a career, choose a family, choose a fucking big television, choose washing machines, cars, compact displays and electrical tin openers. Choose good health, low cholesterol and dental insurance. Choose fixed interest mortgage repayments. Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a three-piece suite on higher purchase and a range of fucking fabrics. Choose DIY and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows, stuffing fucking junk food into your mouth. away at the end of it all, pissing your last in a miserable home, nothing more than an embarrassment to the selfish, fucked up brats that you've spawned to replace yourselves. Choose your future, choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I chose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got head on? Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, in. Welcome back to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm MC Kello. And uh, yes, we're back. Oh, I feel we should have a fanfare. Do you want to do a fanfare? Do one of your, do one of your lack of enthusiasm yeah. fanfares. Oh, that, uh, uh. Oh, that was... <laughs> so, uh, yes, apologies for our, uh, our two-month absence. We've, uh, we was only meant to have one. We always have a month off, don't we? Every year we have a month off because we always tend to have holidays and all that but this this year we've had two months off would you like to explain the reason why because mainly involving you my chief and I, didn't, like, I didn't put it on the phone no, 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 it's, I thought, like, it's yeah. been like dental alarm again you know <laughs> because I had to do something about it could have been like I was thinking about this mate. it's like that um, remember that brilliant um, Simpsons episode where uh, they go on strike and Homer's the only one because he wants dental to get plan. the dental plan and uh, Lisa goes to the thing and there's that book called The, the Big Book of British Smiles and <laughs> saw people with like soup popping out of their head and that oh, so it, it would have been that so I had to go and get it sorted and you, you had quite a bad operation really wouldn't it oh we weren't very nice it went well but it was not it could have been a lot worse but it was It was okay in the end but it's still not very nice no <laughs> no so we, we obviously we couldn't record because uh, well one you couldn't speak I couldn't speak and, yeah uh, that would have been well I did a solo show anyway for a few yeah, days yeah, yeah. Um, we've also had um, slight technical issues if you remember of our Facebook group if not why not come over and join then you'll know because we put it up on there that uh, unfortunately I've had a nightmare on my laptop my processor's dying on it and uh, that 12-minute episode took me two hours to do. 
Uh, it should have took me 20 minutes to edit and put up. So it's, and unfortunately, my new laptop is on its way. Um, so this one, I'm going to have to edit hopefully over tonight and tomorrow so I don't kill it because cool. otherwise it will it will go through the window. Mm. Nearly did. Um, what else are we doing? Oh, yeah, I've just been talking about um, my BB-8. Oh, yeah, because you should put an in. I'm still amazed how it, how it works. Yeah, well, uh, there's a, a new... Uh, uh, it is a toy, I suppose, but it's, I'd say it's, it says five plus right on it. But I'd, I'd say this is aimed at us adults, right? Purely yeah. for the fact that one, it's an expensive toy, uh, and uh, a good friend of mine got it me for my birthday as a total surprise, and it is bloody awesome. But as in the trailer, um, it's the BB-8 is a droid that's like a, a bore. Is it a good or a bad? You know? No, no, I think it's like a. On the same realms of R2, yeah. I suspect. Yeah. Well, it's two white and orange. Yeah. White yeah. and orange isn't a bad colour, is But it kind of like you have what's called a, a sofa base, and this base is like an induction charger. So it's a bit like if you've got an induction oven, right? You know, that you, it's metal to metal. Yeah. It, right? So this plugs into your computer. So it's not plugged into the main, it's plugged into your computer. That means you've got to have a computer on so to charge it up. And you wow. stick the ball, you put the head on the ball, which is really weird because you don't know quite know where to put it, and you stick it on there, and it kind of charges up and then you put your phone if you've got a smartphone you need to have a fairly up to date smartphone download the app then once you downloaded the app you register you put the phone next to the the BB-8 and then it connects to it yeah. it's, that's not it, more technology that's in the actual in the original free yeah, field yeah, right. <laughs> right. yeah there's more going into this, the fact <laughs> this. Um, yeah, and then what it does it kind of like activates and you get like three kind of three choices right you got control which basically, and you take it off the base and you put it on the floor, and you think it, the head should just fall off or something because mm. it's not connected, it just sits on top. This is the mad thing. Oh, you got to take the plastic off as well, which I didn't do at the first. No, uh, and then, but you know, you can control, you know, like on Bond, where we control it's that. All, bit, it's, like, it's all right, uh, I love it. I should be looking at it. Emma Dog, Emma Dog didn't quite know what to do, that's because she can't move anyway, so we head away. But you can move it around, but then if you go to if you go up and you think, oh, I don't quite know which way it's facing, you can spin the body. On the control, the body doesn't turn, but the control does. And then you can right. bring it back. You've then got auto things, so you press auto, and it goes around your living room on its own. And it went up to Isla, stopped, and on your phone it comes up. What it's saying is beeping and doing all these noises, but it comes up. It translates on your phone, and it said unknown human detected. Right. Hey, what? So it's like a really, really modern big track. <laughs> it actually it is. Yeah, or a, scut- or a scutter. Did you put an apple on it? <laughs> <laughs> a big track. Big track it was like someone. I said, "What are you?" Tell you, me have you, a, you have to have a bit of money though. So a big track, and yeah, that was early eighties, and that was very rich people. My brother had a lunchbox. I don't mean that in a, in a, in a, in a you. The lunchbox we made control. It's like a big yellow van. Yeah, and it had like you know, like uh, what they called those those big trucks with the big wheels. What they called now? Tonk. Uh, 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 you know, uh, monster trucks. Yeah, monster trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. But, not, yeah, but, mm. yeah. but yeah so it's really good and Payne does holographic messaging as well what but like, which is really cool what are you going to do Princess Leia that's what you want to do that's what do you want to do do a lightsaber but the thing is is that uh, I don't think I, I it, some reason it doesn't work because it won't work on my iPad 2 and I, I don't think it works on my iPhone 4S which makes me think that it's just not compatible enough so that's made me my, my decision that I'm getting the iPhone 6 <laughs> that's, that's so fucking ridiculous as, as well as getting a PS4 and as well as <laughs> You do right, yeah. There's nothing you know about any of this. Well, the thing is, right, I'll take you. I'll take the way you move swiftly on then, as a no. (laughs) Oh no, no. Right, here's the gig. Right, the PS4. We've been going into game recently, Mm. right? And 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 you you're a big fan of games, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I've been going into the game recently. For those people who are not, not new, I don't know if there's a game in America, then, but no, games are, are games are, are, are which is kind of like store where you buy our like PS3, Xbox games, and all that kind of shit. And um, and we've been going in there recently, and mm. I kind of like because she likes her Infinity, and that, those games are getting better and better and better. With each one they bring out, it really does update. It's a good game. I mm. think I think you yeah, really yeah, like I, it. I know, I know. It's, they, it's a bit like the Lego kind yeah, of yeah, I know the games. Yeah. And um, and so she, I've been getting in. I've been kind of like letting her go first, doing all the questions, and you know how enthusiastic they are in game. I mean, they have a passion. It's like the old video store people, aren't they? Yeah. And, yeah. and so they've been talking to her. And she's really got into it, and I kind of like so saying so. Um, what do you think I should get an Xbox One or a PS4? And the guy was saying, look, you know, at the end of the day, Xbox One is great, but PS. If you want new games, the testing games, and being like, you gotta go for PS4. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got an Xbox already. So we've been going in and out of these stores and selling it, and so she's now kind of. It's almost been kind of like manipulated into her brain that in January I'm getting a PS4. That's good. I really don't have to work much on it. The iPhone 6s was a little bit different. Uh, as I made that decision earlier on today, and she she sent me a text back saying phone or phones, ah. so phones, ah. good man, everyone's a winner. Ah. but I need the contract. I need the contract. So it's going to be a two year contract. It'll be like thirty odd quid a month. So at the moment I'm spending fifteen quid, but I limit to what I do on it. Obviously, I'm paying thirty quid. I'm going to be. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah, you got it. The money was worth yeah, out yeah, of no, it. No, no, no. It's yes. not in it. So, so again, that's about the right, isn't it? Well, it's either that or six hundred and fifty quid to buy it. Right. That's just fucking obscene, isn't it? Yeah, but in contract though, you're covered, aren't you, for yeah. two years? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, uh, have you seen anything recently? Well, uh, anything you want to talk about? Well, I don't know, it's been such a long time. I think there is things, but we'll drop them in as we're talking about them, like we usually do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring something up, uh, which is a Daniel Vieira idea. Right. All right, all right. Now, you remember I like my soundtracks, don't I? Mm. I look... What? I know this is about... <laughs> <laughs> I love me soundtracks, man. You do love me soundtracks. I do. I've always loved me soundtracks. Um, from from recording them from the telly to buying them on CD. Now, I I, I did buy a mass compilation of CD uh, of, of TV themes that were sold to me on eBay as MP3s purely for waffle on. Yeah. Not that we do eight hundred and fifty TV themes, but the point was what a bargain. Now it was sold to me as MP3s. They came as not MP3s, <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't transfer more. So it was a bloody waste of time. So imagine my delight, Cal. When I was on Amazon to see that at the bargain price of eleven pounds ninety nine, there was four CDs. That is a right dedicated to TV, not only British but also American. Imagine how happy I was. Now there's a big block coming in here, isn't there? Imagine my disappointment. <laughs> when I put it on, only to realise it was done by Bob Todd and his orchestra, Danny Toysley. Oh, it is it, truly shit. Is right? it? The is opening it? one is Night Rider. Now, for you Waffle On fans, for those of you who stay to the end, as you know, sometimes we put a little treat on, every episode from now on, I'm going to put on one of these oh, shit yeah, TV yeah. themes just so you can suffer as much as I did. And tonight's one, or this episode's one, is going to be Night Rider. Truly, it truly is amazing. Uh, I mean, I used to like Jeff Love and his orchestra before I kind of understood that. So you're talking like Reggie Wilson. You're talking yeah, yeah. Reggie no, it's Wilson. Bon it's Bon Tempe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's that, honestly, if I... If, if it didn't make me laugh, I would have thrown you it. You would have destroyed it. I would have yeah, destroyed yeah, yeah. it. But Dan come up with the idea of, of putting it on the end of the podcast. So that's that's going to be your, your the, the treat well, for every listener. Now, anyway, as we did, we did start off with uh, the Choose Life thing at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, you've got to put that, really. It's a... So, uh, yeah, we are doing Transplant. So, But before we do that, we do have an email about Transplant from Glenn. 
Hi, Meds. Uh, this is only because we were talking. So yeah. Hi, Meds and Cal. As promised, here's my trivia on train spotting. Irving Welsh worked at what was called Telford College in Edinburgh, which is where I work. And although he had left before I started, others have said the reason he called it train spotting is because of a nearby train station where the local drug dealers, drug users, sorry, would go to use their drugs. If asked where they were going, they would say, I'm going train spotting. That's interesting, actually, because I, I always did wonder about that. Now, Irving Walsh has actually said in a different interview that the reason why it's called train spotting is because it's classed as something that you don't admit. That's what I thought like, it was. No one admits they're going Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it was. So also, it's something I didn't notice, which yeah. I don't really, but when Renton's going through his um, recovery, he's, he's forced to recover by his mum and dad. All the wallpaper's trains, isn't it? Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched it last night, didn't I? And, and, uh, did you watch it last night? I watched it last night. Yeah, I watched it last night. Yeah. Uh, now, I've got the two disc. Uh, I've just got a vanilla version. Extended I edition. Doesn't need to be two discs. What, 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 what sex scene? Well, really? Just scenes well, a bit longer. Deleted scenes that I put in it, so the stuff that was cut. I think the sex scene with Kelly McDonald's a bit longer, because I don't remember it being that long. Yeah. Um, I don't remember seeing that much of her either. No, uh, I thought it mainly you only saw like a, a top. No, you see a. Yeah. Yeah, we're all about old men can't think of a nice word to describe it. <laughs> Lady Gun. I was going to say Harry Cornflake. Don't, don't fucking say that. <laughs> that's a David Service. Is he locked up? I think he's locked up. I don't think he's been. I don't think he was found guilty. Wasn't he just one of these ones that they keep bringing out, like Cliff Dick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's even a worse word to say at this point. Though. Forget this bit. No. Um, but the second disc is meant to be like ex- like interviews and that, and it's just, it's just. None of the actors are talking about it now. You'd like, I'd want to see uh, that, Bobby Carlyle and all of them talking about it, but I suppose... You know, know. Anyway, Glenn carries on. And now for the tedious link to Doctor Who. Karen Gillan, Gillian, uh, who played Amy Pond, was a student at Telford College, although not at the same time or same department as Irving worked in, which regards Glenn. And he also has this to ask. Thank goodness, because uh, I told you what we do because I'm running out of waffle-ons to listen to. I'm down to my last three, and I'm saving Apocalypse now until I've actually seen the film. Also, can you enlighten me about the thunder at the beginning of each show? I initially thought it might be sampled from Thunderbirds, but the more I listen to you, I think it's either from The Prisoner or not from anything at all, as I had thought your theme was from Campbellwick Green. But as you mentioned in one waffle line, it's not, but it's supposed to sound like it. Cheers, Glenn. Do you know what the lightning, the thunderbolt thing is at the beginning of the show? No, I don't know what it is. It is from The Prisoner. It is? It is. From, and we also end with Patrick McGoon saying, be seeing you. Ah, oh, you don't listen to the show. Do no, you? I don't. <laughs> Forget that. And uh, the the our theme tune. We actually have two theme tunes. We have the traditional one, which we play virtually all the time, and we have an almost like bass drum. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bass kind of like dance remix, which we don't really use. And uh, who who did that? It's Woody, wasn't it? That was Woody, our mate Woody. And you can find him at my mate Woody, I think on Facebook or MySpace. Yeah. But yeah, Woody composed that. And uh, what I didn't know, which Woody threw at me not long ago, was um, the theme tune where you, you hear someone say waffle on. He's actually me yeah. from the pilot oh, episode. Yeah. Sums up Woody, our mate Woody. He can be a bit of an awkward person, but he's a very, a very, very... Um, Gifted person musically, oh, he's a isn't genius he? Genius of music. Oh yeah, so he wasted now, actually. Wasted, wasted, yeah. wasted genius. Yeah. He should, uh, he should uh, really get out there and just uh, get his soul on the stage. Yeah. Uh, right then, so transporting. Uh, Cal, what do we normally do? You usually play the theme. And tune. what are we playing? You're playing. Uh, are you playing uh, Lust for Life? We are going to go that. Maybe not all of it because I'm starting to worry about copyright reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go.
by Trainspotting. Okay, directed by Danny Boyle, produced by Andrew McDonald, screenplay by John Hodge, and of course, it's based on the book by Irving Welsh. Yeah, I think, before we... I think... Have you read the book? I've read I have it. read the book. Found it hard work. Is because it's... Because of the Twitter the slang. It's like I found Clockwork Orange, really hard work. Yeah. Once I read it, you sort of know what's going on. And I found the same with this, but we are talking about the film, aren't we? We are talking about the film. Because the book's different... The book's different. There is a lot missing there, but they get a lot of rent and stuff in there because yeah. he's sort of a rent boy in the in that, isn't he? Yeah, that's why they. That's why one part uh, Begbie calls him rent boy. It's never mentioned in the film, is it? And I, when I first saw the because I saw the film first, I thought, I wonder what he's on about. And I might write it. Oh yeah, you need to read that stuff because there's a load of. Because in the film, as we're going to go in it, Renton's a lot better off than the axes in the book. In the yeah. book, he's no different than the rest of them. Is no, a, no, no. In I the mean, film, he's a lot better than I, the rest of them. I is the opposite. I read the book before I saw the film. Yeah, and um, and yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot of other characters in there. But as to be fair to what uh, John Hodge said um, to Irving Welsh, look, you know, we have ninety minutes. We need to condense it to it. And I think there's a bit of trivia later on um, in which there was other options for this. And Irving, the reason why I think Irving Welsh was sold by Danny Boyle was the fact that he said, look, you know, we wanted to sell it as a Scottish film. Mm. As there was other people saying they wanted to make it like a Mike Lee film, which I suppose you could see, actually, from the book. Really, but we all to... know how depressing I like Lee. Mike Lee film. I do, but it, it needed life can, in can it. I, it needed life. Can I ask you, though? Do you like Mike Lee? I do like Mike Or do you appreciate Mike No, Lee because... Lee? Well, I'm not a massive fan of him, but there's a couple of films that I absolutely love of him, which is Naked. With, uh, David Thwaites. David Thwaites, which is an amazing bloody film. Mm. And I quite like... Um, that was the first film I saw David Thwaites in. He's amazing and he's yeah. all improvised, weren't he? Well, I it? I sort of like his earlier stuff. Like I like the one with the... Um, you know, with this bloody uh, Tim Roth in it. Made in England. Yeah, made in England. And what was, your, was it? Mean, I, meantime, I like his earliest stuff yeah. because yeah, yeah, but he was just about. Yeah. But uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan, but I do like him. But I can understand what they were going to try to do because it would have easy. But it needed life in it, didn't it? It did a bit, and I think as well because it's very easy to do a drugs film, a film which is predominantly about which is easy. This is a there's no doubt it's, it's about, about drugs, isn't it? It's about being a heroin addict. Yeah. Let's face it. Because I always used to think that dude was called Trainspotting because the train tracks on your arm. Oh yeah, so, tracks, tracks yeah, in that, yeah. And um, and you know you, you can you can go one way or the other, can't you? You can like uh, there's a wonderful line in the film which I want to talk about in a minute, uh, which did justice actually because I think loads of people say oh it justifies heroin, justifies it. No, it does not at all. There's well, nothing in this film that is. You know, I was thinking about this right. Remember when this was out? This was a big film of our youth because we were the right age for it. it this is big, our film, this right? Is our our, you know this and I think Traffic, Human Traffic. That's what I wanted to talk to you right? about. Right, yeah. they're the two films that yeah, you went and saw, and Space was on at the time, mm -hmm. where they talked about drugs as if they were the, they were every day because they are to these people. Yeah, right. And I, 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 the load, they did get a load of trouble at the time. Loads of people said it was a pro drug, didn't they? Yeah. And anyone who thinks this film is pro drug is a mind my language is a fucking idiot. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It is an anti em particularly, no. but it's not pro em It's the same. This is these people. They are heroin addicts. This is a, Renton a, talks about heroin yeah. not great in it. Well, all the way through this film, Renton narrates it, and also sometimes he he narrates in third person, which is weird, isn't which it? Which is really weird because you hear you and McGregor who's actually, who's actually making his accent stronger in this whole film but he kind of goes like, I only noticed it because I was making notes as, as, as I was watching that song where he goes and Renton looks upon and you think whoa that's really weird because 
And I think that's done deliberately because it kind of almost snaps you back into it. And maybe that's the whole point, like with Judds and stuff. Once you're into it, sometimes you need something to snap you back into reality. Yeah, which I didn't think of actually until that's there's, there's loads of stuff. I think, like, I know me and you have said this before. Like, you know, I was saying to you, I decided to be a geek at the start, but I was saying to you that I've gone back and started watching all uh, New Doctor Who in yeah, 2005 because yeah. I bought them all on DVD. And you know, I've said it before, like, you know, when I first watched don't get me wrong, I love my Doctor Who, and I I, I, oh, no, I, no, yeah, yeah. I was still watching no matter what. But, but when it first came out, I was being slightly overcritical. It's all about Rose, it's all about this and that, bloody hell, Catherine Tate and all this kind of stuff. Because I was so indoctrinated to my, my Doctor Who, which was from 1977 up to 1989, or 96 as well, I suppose, that, of course, you know, but it's, it's funny, because I really enjoyed all of all of Doctor Who, but going back and rewatching again, I appreciate it all so much more, because I'm looking at one, we've not... Um, kind of like judgmental eyes I'm, I'm enjoying it as one as a Doctor Who fan but also somebody who's gone past all that anger kind of thing I suppose um, and I must admit I'm seeing a lot more in it I'm seeing how strong the female characters are and whether it's because the fact now we, we kind of like I think the world is crying out for more strong female characters and more films mm. That should just be just have female people. I don't mean Ghostbusters, but I mean I mean something that's totally that's, new that's and so totally obvious. independent. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And see, realizing actually how strong a character Donna Noble is, done by Catherine Tate. And I think like going back and watching Train Spotting again, because we were like, when was this? When did this come out? This came out ninety five, I think. Uh, yeah, it did come out in ninety five, didn't it? No, ninety six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which was a big year for us. Ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. They were our years, our best years in, yeah, in the yeah. youth, weren't it? Yeah. We were going at it a lot. We was 22. Yeah. Like, going, uh, tw- you yeah, know. 23. 22, 23. Drinking quite heavily. Mm. Doing the odd bit of mm-hmm. drugs. <laughs> nothing major. Just got young, what young people do. Going there, nothing up. <laughs> bit of speed and whatever. Going out. Staying up all night. Going on a lovely with the lads. Festival, it, music festivals. Festivals. And music meant so much to yeah. you then. And it, it was a big film of our life, it wasn't is, it? And I, I think as well that um, when, when Human Nature came out, which is a couple of years human later... Traffic. Human Traffic. Sorry, yeah. Human Nature. Human Traffic. Um, we starred John Sim. It starred a brief, brief cameo from Andrew Even though it wasn't our music. No, but we understood. Our, but because uh, we were doing... Uh, we were drinking, doing a kind of similar drugs that was in Human yeah, Traffic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially Speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and stuff like that. Where... It's a, because the conversation, like the Star Wars conversation I have in Human Traffic, which is absolutely brilliant when Danny Dyer was good. Um, but also there's a scene in that where they talk about how when they first watched Trainspotting and they're being so sarcastic to this one guy. He's saying, oh yeah, of course, as soon as I saw Trainspotting, <laughs> man, I had to shoot up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're being yeah. So, because that's what the politicians were saying. That's what the, all the religious groups are saying. It's- and then, of course, what happened? They turn out and actually we've not seen the film. It was the life of Brian scenario. Yeah, yeah. You're taking the piss out of Jesus. Jesus isn't in the film. You're ta- you're saying that everyone should be doing drugs. Have you no, seen no. The film? no. Well, when you see the film, there's nothing to glorify. The only point is because it's better than sex. And what does Tommy say? When I he finds uh, out his HIV positive. Yeah. Better than sex is it, Rents? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So, as we said, yeah. So it came out on uh, in uh, the UK. Uh, on the 23rd of February 1996 and the 19th of July 96 in the States running time 93 minutes um, you know it's just a perfect running time for the film it just oh, is God, isn't yeah. it I mean it was a, it's a Channel 4 film distributed by Miramax and Polygram pretty Miramax and it, you know, it, may, it may be the devil there may be the devil Weinstein, Weinstein. but they may bloody they've produced some brilliant films they know, they know what they're doing yeah, yeah. there's no question about it at a budget of 1.5 to 2 million made over 72 wow, million it's crazy that isn't it I know. 
So uh, let's just talk about the, the principal people before we talk about the film. Danny Boyle. Born 28th of October 1956 in Radcliffe, Lancashire. Uh, went to Bangor University, director, producer and screenwriter. Uh, Cal, what, what would you say Danny Boyle's best film is? Would you say this is his best film? Oh, he's, he's made some brilliant films, hasn't he? He's made some brilliant films. But, I, I, you know, I also love, um, you know, the one where he's hiding in the loft with the money. Well, the first one, Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave's in the mat. We're going to do that. I haven't saw that film in years. It's never on anywhere. You never see it. And it's got a cracking soundtrack. I don't know if you can... Can you buy it on Blu-ray? Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah, because I'm getting it because we are doing that. It was an amazing bloody film. Uh, I I love that. that. uh, Because that's where Ewan McGregor... uh, They kept Ewan McGregor in mind for it. And also Chris Eccleston was in that and Kerry Fox. No, I think Chris Eccleston... Christopher Eccleston was in line to play Begbie. But that'd be a very different big baby scary but very different I do, I'm a massive yeah. Christopher Eccleston fan I think he's very good uh, I, I, yeah I, I, you know I've liked all of his films because I've always got something killer do you want to know about a fact about Shadow Grey what uh, he was that scared about the bit in the loft in case he got in case he had to have something up there <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because it was it, like like transport in Shallow Grave was shot on such a small budget they had to do everything in one take. But yeah, so there was which is why there's a there's a, a transport in and Shallow Grave is very edgy. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I What's the, the connection then, apart from Ewan McGregor to Shallow Grave and Transpine? And it's a really obvious one. Cave Hallow. Yeah. Yeah, Cave Hallow's wicked in Shallow Grave. He's only in it, what, five minutes? <laughs> and most of that, that he's going to cock out. <laughs> you know, we, you know, I don't know what you're like, but I'm a big Keith Key Fallon fan. Have you been watching that time? Um, no, because I, I love Keith like, Fallon. I'm well, watch, is he good on it? He's fantastic. He runs the show. He's brilliant because he may have done it. Anyway, he doesn't is, know he, is he being an arse on it? No, 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 actually. He, yeah. He's doing as he's told and he's saying, no, because he really wants to get into it. If anyone doesn't know, I think it's time, time swatch, switches or something like that. Basically, it's done by the people who do time team and there's these seven or eight celebrities and they're taken they've got to live in periods of time but they're blindfolded yeah. they're blindfolded dressed I've still got the pants on dressed mm-hmm. and then just they left there and took the blindfold off so they don't know what period they're going to yeah. and that like this this last week was uh, medieval and he, he robbed an apple Keith Allen did and like he had to go and apologise to this guy because he's going I don't do that I'm not a pilot yeah. and, he's, and the guy's going you know, he goes actually no I've got it and he, but he was really it's really worth a watch yeah, but yeah, yeah no I like Keith Allen but yeah and I do you know it can be an arse there's no doubt it can yeah, be an arse yeah. right and I think in he's the day he's down a lot you know yeah I think no doubt around about this time it probably would have been a nightmare to be around mm. it would have been because it was him and Damon Albarn weren't it and bloody yeah, what's his name the artist bloke from Alden Argo yeah yeah Daniel Hurst Daniel Hurst weren't they and they were like you know Enfant Terrible, you know, I like that word. Uh, very nice, I like that. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, and that's what they were like, but I just like him because he's got his own personality and he's not scared to have an opinion. And yeah. he, used to, he used to do that really good interview show, didn't he, on Channel 4, where he'd go and interview people and yeah, go yeah, around yeah. with him for a bit. It's was a fashionable. Well, did you see the Keith Allen one? He, uh, sorry, the Keith, the Keith Floyd one he did. Oh, no, that's supposed to be amazing, isn't it? It's really good because it was just before Keith, Keith Floyd passed away, about a year and a half later, and he was. You could see him still, but Keith Floyd didn't come across well. He'd come across as a right arse. Because he was. I don't think he was a nice bird to be around. I I think he was probably all right when he was sober, wasn't he? Mm. But I think as soon as he got drunker and drunker and drunker and drunker, he was hard and horrible then, weren't he? he, Because he kept saying, you don't know food and all this kind of stuff. You know? I never said I did. Yeah. I made an interview, yeah. But it's worth looking up, actually. I might look at that. I've never seen that, yeah. Yeah, so then, 28 weeks. That's it. I actually looked at it, you know. 
That's too obvious for me to say a lot. It's a zombie film. But I think though it's before all zombie films. Yeah, I love it. It is a brilliant film. I mean, me me and the wife watched it last week actually. But I'm talking. If you were going to, I was thinking he had a time capsule to Mm. bury under in his grave. What (laughs) film would you pick? You can only pick one. Danny Boyle film. What would it be? It'd probably be Train Spotting, wouldn't it? Yeah. It, it would all of the other films are good I like Sunshine as well mm. I, you know I like I like Trance as well I really like that film but that's his and, and recently of course he directed the uh, opening uh, the Olympics yeah and he did all that he was responsible for the James Bond and, um, and the Quinton film well that's yeah. it I can't believe he hadn't done a Bond film yet still time uh, to me he's got to be he's got to be because he's the, the best but I know is Sam Mendes doing another one or is he signed up to the I'm not well the judgment's out on what, how Spectre will do if I'm honest with you Spectre's going to break every. Well, of course it will anyway. it's not Star Wars and it doesn't really matter if yeah. it's any good or not it's going to be massive I think, I think it? it's going to I think it's going to justifiably beat it because um, uh, I think they've got the magic there and obviously we've, at the time of recording uh, Sam Smith's just been announced say he's doing the yeah. uh, thing there uh, you've obviously got his hairstyle now I have been anyway. uh, and I don't think it's going to be a winner let's face it Star Wars is going to be a winner oh, I'd like to see him director director Bonfer there's no reason why he can't I, well, think, he can... I think they're going to judge everything on how successful this one will be uh, and then they're going to because I wouldn't have thought of having for three films. I think. Yeah. No, well, I don't know. Guy Hamilton did it. Um, yeah, Guy Hamilton. Yes, the thing is, is that it's one of them things where do you jump off the wagon on a on a high, going, you know what? I've done two cracking Bond films because uh, Skyfall. Some people don't like Skyfall. Frankly, I think you're an idiot if you if you think that. You I, so I can say that about Christmas Sport. You can say that about Christmas Sport. Well, he didn't do. He didn't do. Oh, no, 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 but yeah, but the thing is, as I've said before, though. Yeah, I, I came out of Quantum of Solace really disappointed. But it was, it. A, it was a hard film to live up to against Casino Royale, right? But you watch Casino Royale and you put Quantum of Solace you watch it afterwards because it it's a direct yeah. sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really does work because you almost see the come down of, of, of Bond because of what's happened to Vespa. And, and also, so it kind of like it does that kind of wave like that, yeah. and it really, it really does work together actually. So it's worth giving the. It's got a damn script of an ending in it. That's the thing. The ending's not that great with that film. It builds no, up, but, and then but, it's just like yeah, a bloke having a fight in the again, desert. Again, though, when you when you put it together, it does work. Maybe so. Yeah, it's worth it. But I, I don't know, and I think Daniel Craig might might be the same thing. Look, I, I've pulled off four good. You know, Casino Royale. Yeah, coming. it could be a reboot, couldn't it? For no, 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 no. There's no need to do a reboot. Right, that's reboots are done. Right, right. Don't, stop fucking me, Bond. Yeah, right, yeah. that's it. And you know, we, we and you've talked before about who should be the next Bond, and I, I think Tom Hardy's an ideal one. I don't think is. I'd like to see Daniel Craig do another one, but if Daniel Craig bows out now, I don't blame. Yeah, yeah. It's his fifties then. I think early, well, late forties, maybe early fifties. He's done four cracking Bond films. He's got no reason to... He doesn't have to justify his Bond films. And he, Sam Mendes has pulled out two crackers. If they both leave now, I can understand why. Because you've got to think, how can I top my last, latest... I think four films is good. I, I, I think the four films... I would have passed the book. Give it to... We all know Fassbender or Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy. They're the two actors. Maybe they might be too big. Tom, but Tom Hardy was supposed to be an actor. Did you see that? He ain't averse no. to doing it. No. I, I, I saw that as well. Like, uh, you know, we were talking about um, Trigger Mortis, the book that's just come yeah. out. And um, uh, Hoverwitz had been... Oh, he said something bad. You know what he actually... I found out what he actually said now. He, no, uh, he, was, he wasn't yeah. bad. No, all he turned around and said was the fact that he didn't think... Um, one of Daniel Craig's films was that good and he turned around and someone asked him about Idris Elba which is using him now look I've said before I think Idris Elba one is one of the best actors in the world yeah. ever he's right? brilliant. I can't he's brilliant. wait to see him in Star Trek he's right? brilliant 
There's nothing wrong in turning around and saying that it's not a racist thing. There's nothing wrong in saying, actually, I prefer my bond slightly traditional, which is like the Scottish white guy, right? That's not, not racist to say that. You're perfectly allowed to say it. He didn't actually say that, right? He turned and said, I, I just argue he's a bit too street. Now, street in England and in America is two totally different kind of wordings. He means the English version of that, which is like well-known and, you know, look, he's done Luther. He actually, uh, and, and before anyone turned around and says, oh, no, just being racist, no, he, because he suggested Adrian Lester, who's the guy from Hustle. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's also black. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's not a racist thing, he, no, you no. know, but once too again, people, why well, I think it's it's But, you know, look, there's nothing wrong here to me. So, look, I, I just prefer to, I've got no qualms with Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. It's a comic book thing, but some things, I don't know, you know. But if they're going to go down that route where they say, look, you know, I think it's important to have a, a lead black actor, then somebody write a really good film with a lead black actor in it who plays a hero of something. Somebody do it because yeah. I want to see it and I'll pay good money. And if you put it, it yourself in it, I'll be there first in the queue. You know what? I'll tell you, no, you know. Well, could I do a Luther film? I don't know. Could do. But why you'll never be a black actor is, is about the way that it's sales. Because in America, I was watching a programme about this, about, about the breakdowns <coughs> of international sales. Mm. In Europe, Europe and America, if you put a black actor on it, it, affect, it doesn't affect it. But in Asia and South America, films with black actors don't sell. Oh, really? No. That's a shame, isn't it? It's just the way, it's a, it's a fact. It's a fact anyone can break this down. It's not, this is just a fact. For some reason, in them territories, they don't buy films with black Ooh, actors. Be racist. Might be a bit racist. One more than Hitler. That's some extras, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, but that's that's why it'll never be because uh, you know it's a franchise. Mm. James Bond is a money making exercise. Mm. It's the a bit bl- like the reason why Doctor Who, Doctor Who, the Doctor will never be a woman. It's a, no because it's, it's about the biggest sales. I'm not saying I'm not saying in it's some episode. I'm not saying that in one episode the Doctor might suddenly be transported into a woman's body. Fair play, that'd be interesting to see. Well, it would never be a woman. No. And it's not, I wouldn't, to be honest with you, I wouldn't stop watching it if, it, if an actress was playing it. I don't know if Lumley's already done it no. in, a, in a charity one. But, you know, it wouldn't be the same. And I suppose that's the thing. I mean, would, would it be, an, you know, would it be such a terrible, look, it wouldn't be a terrible thing if a black actor played Bond at all. Like, it wouldn't, I'd, I'd still go and see it, you know, just my preference would, wouldn't be that. But mm. would I Would I suddenly go, oh no, that's no. heinous. No, of course I well, wouldn't. Well, for the I same, as long as the story's good. Well, I would take it the same thing. Would it be Battlestar Galactica? I grew mm. up with Starbuck being one of my all-time. Benedict! Also one of my favourite characters. I thought, I want to be like Dyke Dirt Benedict in, mm. in the Battlestar Galactica. When they brought it back, and they brought a woman into it. Katie but, yeah, for the first half, I thought, I don't like this. Two episodes, I couldn't even remember fucking Dirt Benedict because yeah. she was fucking brilliant in it. Oh, there you go. It's, it's how good it's how the story good. is. Yeah. Not whether it's a man or woman. People get so caught up well, in well, things what like I'm saying, that. that it's, it's I know not... Ghostbusters. I have got um, something different about that. We were about this. We were, yeah. I don't want to watch that because it's not my Ghostbusters. No. I mean, I'm, I'm going I'm to go and see it. I don't know about that. I was going to see you know, I think the only thing with the ghost, but we're going to sort of track here, but uh, the only thing with the Ghostbusters thing is, is why, why do, look, I couldn't... Why not have another Ghostbusters? Why, why can't, that? yeah, right, what was wrong with them being, starting up their own Ghostbusters thing in another city? They just happened to be all women. But keep it in the universe where, where Venkman, Stance and, and Spengler, you know, they're over in New York, but and they're kind of retired. Yeah, you could, you could see an advert of them. Yeah, what we want to do the same. Or they turn around and say, look, you know, they're setting up franchises and have it. I'd be happy with that. But they haven't but done that, don't have they? do reboot where they're kind of starting up again. And have Bill Murray in it. They want bad, yeah. bad decision because he's going to be in it and everyone's going to want, oh, I want Venkman back. But, yeah, but is he... I mean, is he Venkman? They haven't even said that, hasn't he? Apparently Dan Aykroyd's in it as well and he's playing a cab driver. And oh, you think, man. if you two were going to go in it, why didn't you just play... See, if they walked, up, walked in to the building and they're wearing their... Or they've got their, their coats on, the raincoat on and they turn around and say, look, you know, we, 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 
or something. I think they'd have to write you better than just prizing me and saying, "So you're the you're the fourth franchise in this. So good luck with that one." And then goes, there's your certificate, make some witty lines and walk out. Then people go, it's still the Ghostbusters universe. You'd get more people going to see it. You'd kill everyone moaning about it. But restarting it again. Because those actresses haven't got a chance in it. Look, it could be a really good film. But, but the truth is, they've got so much of a backlash against it. And it's not their fault. No. It's fair play for them to actually giving it a go. Venkman is one of the great characters that everyone loves. Mm. If you're of an age in your 30s and 40s and 50s, Venkman. Venkman. Right, Bill Murray in that. That's why you watch that. We looked all the, all the others are brilliant in it, mm. but all the lines you can remember, as we talked about when we did it, are Bill Murray. The Bill Murray lines, yeah. And that's just the way he is. He dominates a film when he's in it. And that's how it was wrote for that. Yeah, and you're going to have him in it. People are going, ah, oh, I want him more in it. I want more. Bad, yeah. bad yeah. choice yeah. that was. He, he, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. He's going to turn out. He's going to be playing millions of pounds. <laughs> well, they, they, I think they've got a connection to it all anyway. But what I'm saying uh, yeah, is, yeah. it's perfectly fine of you to say you don't really like the idea of something without somebody trying to tag you along with some yeah. kind of line. Uh, but yeah, uh, Danny Boyle would be ideal for, ideal for Bond. Managed to get that back on track there. Well, no, I just think, you know, he's a, he's a, and he must have been asked. Maybe he was asked, we don't know. But he's been very busy the last few years doing his other stuff. Yeah. And he was, he's doing, you know, he's doing that opera as well, isn't he? So. It's just still time. I mean, he's got a good. Yeah, but he's not old. He's, 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 he's like 40s, oh, is he's Late 40s, early 50s. Late 50s. Oh, nearly 60. Bloody hell, no. 50, 80 years. So. We've still got a lot of life in him, though, in his films, oh, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does not look youthful, doesn't he? So, Kel, let's talk about the main character. You, you <laughs> There's always a dog, isn't there? There's always a dog wanting to bark around. Uh, so, yeah, Ewan McGregor plays Mark Rentboy Renton. Uh, born Ewan Gordon McGregor, 31st of March 1971 in Perth, which is in Scotland. Uh, he's an OBE. His relative is Dennis Lawson, who was in the Star Wars films. Cal, um, your opinion on Ewan McGregor? I, 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 I like him. Uh, you know, um, I, I like him as an actor. I, I, I'm not a massive fan of him, mainly because... Um, we watched that around the world program he did, oh, and, and every one he got more of an more of an arse, didn't he? Yeah, no, especially Danny. in the second one. The first one he was alright, but the second one he insisted on bringing his wife. Along. Bringing his wife. It's a bit like why we got a lad's holiday and your mate brings a girlfriend and you go. No, that's that brilliant thing. We his friend, weren't he? That James, what's it? What's it what's Charlie Borman. Charlie Borman. When he saw his face, when he said he's bringing his wife. Yeah. But I do like him, <laughs> and you know. Like I said, I think his earlier films were really good. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Star Wars, you can't say much about that because he didn't have a lot to work with. I know everyone has a go oh, at him no. at that. No, I thought I'm not being funny. He was good it was quite difficult to be Alec Guinness. Yeah, actually, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, he does, because he, he did say that he tried hard in Revenge of the Sith because he was no, he was going to be an older, older Obi-Wan and do the accent pretty well. And actually, I thought he pulled it off pretty well. You've got an interesting story about uh, Yuba Gaines. The reason why he stopped. Um, about his drinking. Well, uh, well, basically, he was. Um, he did the film Velvet Goldmine, where he sort of played uh, an Iggy Pop kind of character, because they're meant to be all different, but they all were, yeah. weren't they? And, right? and he went to, he was at some do when he was drinking this was, and Iggy Pop was sitting down at the side of his friend, and he, <laughs> and he just thought he'd, um, he'd impress. Now, only a man who had a drink problem would think, <laughs> I know, how will I impress Iggy Pop? I know, I'll take my clothes off and dance in front of him like Iggy Pop. Yeah. Now, he did it. For about five minutes, dancing, five the, minutes, slithering round, rolling round on the floor like Iggy Pop used to do. Iggy Pop just looked up, didn't say a word, and carried on talking to his uh, friend. His mate come out and dragged him away, oh, and man. he thought he'd done it really well. And that is when, as you were saying, was, uh, we were going to talk about earlier that he knew he had a drink problem because yeah. he was alcoholic, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a, a, like as we said, he was called a, uh, uh, a functioning functioning alcoholic, alcoholic yeah. which is the worst way. Yeah. 
Yeah, no good at all. So he stopped drinking. It got a little bit sort of like, uh, there's a wonderful episode in MASH where Hawkeye stops drinking and he starts chastising people who drink. I mean, that's sometimes what happens, isn't and it? And that's what he become a bit yeah, like. I think he's okay about it now, isn't he's it? He's all right now, and I think he enjoys... It's like, is it just because you can't yeah, take yeah. it? So, some people can. Mm. And that's what I always get when they say, if you, you know, with a drug addict or whatever, you shouldn't be because I want a smoker. Mm. Some people can smoke other life. And it has no problem with them. You should have a go at them for that. Because basically, yeah. it comes from that they don't still want to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when it all comes from. Yeah. And he was like, because <laughs> obviously he still wanted to drink. And I think you go past that, where you don't anymore. You're not, you don't care what other people do, do you? Would you say Transpire is his best film? Yeah. yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I've seen him in loads of things. Oh, he's quite good in that. Oh, yeah. I quite like him in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, but in this, he's standout. He's in this way everyone yeah. thought he was going to go on to be this massive star then. Yeah. I mean, he does a lot for UNICEF now, doesn't he? Which is which is very commendable. And he was always getting his knob out. That's when he was younger. Oh, he did the pillow book as well. He was getting yeah, and he got that velvet gold mine. He's got his old. And yeah, he, you see it briefly in this. And to be fair, briefly is not the word I was saying. Yeah, like, yeah, Good lord. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's probably got his own unit. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, card, it, it is a, yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about. You like that? There's them porn pictures on there. People think we are. Yeah, yeah. Just put it on there so we can do about porn. Yeah, but I put poor old Kirsty on there. I'll quickly say this out that she had nothing to do with that, but. Here's a thing that anyone notices. Uh, unfortunately, Facebook does have an issue with this, where um, uh, sometimes people are posting pictures, like porn pictures, whatever like that, on the group page, and, like that, and it's not them. They don't know it's going yeah. on. It's just been it's hacked onto their. It was quite full on, wasn't it? I did see it because I was on holiday, so I can't. Yeah, but the way no, the way that no blokes can play. <laughs> Well, what there was that many complaints I think it was Ollie <laughs> Ollie turned around and said, uh, said uh, hey admin or I think he said to you because yeah. I said I weren't going to be here how about giving Kirsty a kick which is ironic because Ollie Peters I think oh god I actually know that Ollie who's the guitarist in heavy metal thrash band Six Claw Poor this is the porn Man, oh, no, whatever yeah. happens to heavy metal <laughs> what do people fair play more porn <laughs> was it so who removed it then I don't know, it was on there for about a couple of days and I, then it was just taken off. Because I thought it, I thought, look at hell, mate. So I thought, look at hell, I've been back next to the corner. I thought you were going to But no, uh, it was, had nothing to do with Kirsty, so uh, so fair play, Kirsty, and thanks for pointing that out. But you're the admin officer, you're meant to remove stuff like oh, that. I, I, I don't know. Just you kept it on, didn't you? <laughs> Well, someone removed maybe, maybe I don't know I suppose soon probably actually Kirsty got a, managed to change her password so to remove yeah, yeah. I don't know but uh, but yeah so anyway uh, going from uh, going from dubious pictures Ewan Bremner uh, born 23rd of January 1972 in Edinburgh Scotland um, Ewan actually played um uh, Renton in this game, the original stage play. Uh, was a tra- he's a nice guy in any spot. He is. He is a nice. He's the nice guy. Yeah. The yeah. only one who's nice, you know. And also, hey, you know, he's not nice, but yeah. he's he's quite a uh, you know big deep. Yeah, we're gonna go into yeah. I don't think Renton's that nice a person, and it really no, is. No, he's, he's, he's the anti-hero, isn't he? He's someone that. You, 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 which is re- again really good writing. The fact that you like Renton, although when you look at it, you really shouldn't. Oh no, he's you know, he's, he, like I said, he, 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 you know, he gets rid of his friends like that when he moves to London. They're so good friends, I was moved to London. Yeah. You know, and poor sport ain't got anyone has he? No. And because he, the only one he cares about Renton, he's spoiled, he's isn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. he's not a bad person. No. He's just a junkie and who's got problems. A brilliant acting as well by you, Renton. Absolutely brilliant. And he turned up in uh, Black Hawk Down and quite a few. Yeah, movies. he hasn't really gone on. Out of all of them, he's the one that's probably gone on to the not the biggest. I think, I, I think he probably wanted that though, didn't he? I think so because he's done a lot of stage work. He's done a lot of stage work. Um, so Johnny Lee Miller, uh, born fifteenth of November, nineteen seventy-two, in Kingston upon Thames, the only actor in the whole of this film who 
who's not Scottish, and he got his job because he got the role in this because of his impression of Sean Connery. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, I do like Sig Boy. No, I know he's horrible, but he's funny. There is something quite cool about him. He's he's got his works in his heel, in his shoe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that bit. Right. I love Sig Boy. Do you know the reason why? Why? His obsession with Bond. I like that. The way he puts on that really good suit, and, yeah. then, and then just shoots up and falls on the floor. <laughs> but the good thing about that is that, the, of course, uh, John Lee Miller, what's John Lee Miller's connection to James Bond? Oh, I don't know. His grandfather was Bernard Lee, who played him. No, I didn't know that. That is brilliant. Johnny Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's brilliant. There you go. Yeah, 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 he's good in it. He's yeah. good. And he's the cool looking one. The... Yeah, dyed blonde With hair, the blonde hair, that's the. That, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a look at the time. That's well, that was ironically, the ironically, if you remember, when James Bond came out, I showed all my hair showed that and I bought a blue denim jacket. Uh, Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. missed that denim jacket. Well, that reason because it's like my, uh, like my. Um, Green, uh, what's it called? What are they called? Military jackets. Um, oh, Air Force part. No, not the part. Yeah, yeah, I won. Yeah, I won. Yeah, the reason why I stopped wearing. Oh, that did you massive ass? <laughs> yeah, did make your ass stop massive. <laughs> you you see his booty? With I, I, I'm a man. You were twerking me. before. Fucking twerking was that all? And that was us when you were always walking down the road. And let's not talk about <laughs> the white jeans. That's the reason why I. Was that you wearing that with your glasses? <laughs> <laughs> was that Galatis, man? That <laughs> were just tight white jeans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, did that one day. And you never had that look again, did you? I suppose you fucking ripped the piss out of me for a time. <laughs> Jesus, that's the reason why I wear long coats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Johnny Lee Miller. A lot of people know Johnny Lee Miller nowadays, of course, for a bit playing Sherlock in Elementary, which he's which, brilliant. Uh, much of which I dissed him when he first came out. Yeah, oh, no, really he's brilliant. brilliant. Uh, you know, I think that. Again, though, would you like to see Johnny Lee Miller play a Victorian Sherlock? That's what I was about to say. I saw a lot. I know it's big, elementary, but it's a kind of show I can watch every now and again. It's not Sherlock, though, is it? It's not Sherlock. No. But he is brilliant in it because I said I actually like his way a modern Sherlock could be more than Benedict Cumberbatch, you oh, know? Yeah. I think he's the OEB, a fuck up. Yeah, he's addict, a junk, drug addict who's brilliant. And, he, you know, you know, he isn't aloof of everyone because I think he thinks he's crap. Yeah. I, I, I always no, I don't really get that. But I always got that from Sherlock. Mm. I don't know if maybe it is. I don't hear more of this, but I always thought there was a lot of South Loathing in Sherlock. Not the, I mean, he's character. He thought got, he was brilliant, yeah, but he also thought he was a big crap you, as you well. Dig down he was jealous of Watson, wasn't he? But not in the books, no. Uh, I, 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 think I, that, I think that's more something that comes out slightly in the, in the films, especially like the modern show. I think I think there's a there's a lot where you can. I think you can make a lot more out of Sherlock than what is actually in the books, and I think people do. And I think that's probably like Sherlockian scholars, if you want to call us that, go a little bit like, like people do. They go a little bit too deep into things. Uh, but yeah, I think South Loving is, is an every genius, don't you? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I don't know he's got that. I don't always get that with Benedict Cumberbatch. The only one with, when he was a bit like that was the one in Hand of the Baskervilles when he doubted himself. I thought in the episode in which he's uh, Watson's best man at his wedding. Oh, God. Was, I really like that. that. I do, and I like that because the fact that he does turn around and says, at the end of the day, I'm one of the most horrible people you'd want to Because you wouldn't want to be friends with Sherlock. Really, in, in the screen adaptation one, the book actually, I'm actually gone, I've gone, I mean, I've read them so many times. Mm. I've actually started rereading them on uh, Natalie's Kindle because my collection of Sherlock Holmes books is all in one volume mm. and the wording's so small. And yeah. it's like, oh, I, I'd, I'd like to buy all of them again individually, but I don't have the room. Mm. That's why Kindles are good, aren't they? Yeah, but, but yeah, he's had a good career, doesn't he? Yeah, he has actually. Hackers. Well, I was just when she was like super hot. 
Oh, well, she still doesn't even Yeah, but she, but, I mean... Uh, yeah. yeah, he was married to Angelina Jolie from uh, 96 to 99. They still remain very good friends. Uh-huh. They still remain good friends. But yeah, he met her on Hackers, Hackers which is a really good film. Dated now. I was going to say, that's really dated yeah, now, isn't dated, it? Yeah. Uh, Bobby Carlyle, Robert Carlyle, plays Francis yeah. Flank or Begbie. Oh, you can't help but do... Yeah, uh, he's brilliant. Uh, so apologies to our Scottish listeners there. Uh, um, born 14th of April 1961, he's now 54, yeah. in uh, Maryhill in Glasgow. He's been uh, act- acting since 1990. Been married to Anastasia since 1997. Robert Carlyle has, has had a very nice, consistent career. Brilliant. Uh, he did um, Hamish Macbeth on TV for a bit. Then yeah, he did, uh, I looks like... One of my favourite films. Uh, I really enjoy Formante. I think that's a really beautiful, a classic, I'd say. I don't know how to use the word classic. Yeah. Tomatoes, but it is a classic British film. I think it's got that... What? Formante. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, it's not that we can watch loads I, and loads and loads. The only film that's made me cry. Has it? Yep. Only Formante's the only film that's made me cry. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Why? Not because there's naked men in it. There's a scene in it where Mark Addy, another British actor actually, who has gone from strength to strength, because isn't he in, in Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is he still in Game of Thrones? No, 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 he no he's, only well? first, he's only in the first episode. Oh, is he dead now? Yeah, yeah, he's he on, is, oh, he's okay. the King. I can't know, I can't keep yeah. up with who's dead and who's not. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, Mark Addy, um, uh, well, listen to me. Is it a bit where he can't get it off? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. There's a scene with... You crew man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's the no, story. There's really. a scene in it where, because uh, they all decide, to, let's not talk about this too much, but um, he comes out and his wife thinks that he's been sleeping with someone, been cheating on her, and he sits on the bed like, and she's having a massive go at him, and he turns around and he, he goes, oh, you got it all wrong. He goes, no, I haven't, I don't know what you're doing. And he, and he turns around and he goes, he goes, who wants to sleep with me? He goes, look at the state of me. He goes, look, because he's quite a podgy guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, who wants... Podgy, that's a nice yeah, way to <laughs> Who wants to sleep with me? If you must know, we've been trying to be strippers to try and get some money. And he goes, I'm going to be a failure of that because who wants to see me? Uh-huh. And she turned round. I get quite emotional thinking about it. Yeah. And she turned round and goes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's done. a great film. It's a wonderful film. I think it got ruined everything after it. The way all people cared about it was a strip bit. And I, I what I took from that film was a, dra- a drama about working working class working class people desperately not, trying not to get the money. bit with taking the bloody clothes. No, 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 that, bit's that, that, that film's all about all about a bit of self confidence and also feeling a bit of pride in doing something about it. And even that, and there's a wonderful scene in that as well where they ruin that interview for Tom. Um, come on, you know he was in Batman. Tom. One of the most leading British actors in America. Oh, uh, yeah, no, Tom, Tom. What's his name? Oh, that's so yeah. embarrassing. But anyway, he was in uh, Batman Begins and uh, he's in loads of stuff. But he turns around and he's going for that job and they ruin it for him because he loses. Well, actually, just get that job later on. And he goes in there and he screams at them. And that's all right, kind of. He goes, No, because you don't understand it because he hasn't told his wife he's mm. lost his job. She's out there now mm. spending yeah. the, the credit cards, booking up skiing holidays, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's so, it's a wonder, it is a wonderful film. But that's what Robert Carlyle did afterwards. But I always remember Robert Carlyle in an episode of Cracker, in which he kills Christopher Eccleston's character. E-R-P-O-L-L. That's the bit everyone yeah. remembers it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that why Big, that's why Robert Carlyle's a brilliant actor, because he yeah. can do that and do Full Monty. Full Monty, yeah. And, and he can be likeable. and Because let's be honest about it, in England, we've all known a Big B. Yes. We've been around people like Big B. When you're young, yeah. we knew people like that. Mm-hmm. Guy. Yeah. Carl, mate, uh, scary individuals, 
And it's nice to be friends with them, but you don't hang it. No, you don't want to get on the wrong side of it. Like, you also a couple of a few times. Yeah, and they're a fucking scary bunch of people. Uh, uh, yeah, because us, like, uh, we, 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 for those who don't know, but me and Kelly have been friends for 30 years now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. God, yeah, 1985. Yeah, look, um, 30 years we've been best mates. And, um, and our group of friends, we've, all had, we've always had the same group of friends in me for the past 30 years. And with a I'd say probably the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Non-violent, we're not never violent people. We might be a bit maybe at times, but yeah. we we've never been at, we've never been looking for fights. We've never like treated women like crap. No, we've, we've always treated everyone with respect, yeah, yeah, and well, I think anybody who's a little world when we go out, just our own little tour. Still are, but yeah, occasionally we we go out with some of the guys who were just to total opposite, and I must admit, I have. I have seen stuff go on where yeah. I thought this is just not the world we live in at all. Scary, uh, where they can just flip like yeah. that. You know what I mean, and not give a shit. That's the that's the worrying thing. Not think of it. Not think of it. And, and not as bad as Big B, but the, you know, yeah, oh, we've no, seen yeah. people like that. And but yeah, again, credit to Robert Carlyle. He's in um um that thing in America at the moment, isn't he? Isn't it about like a, a the modern day take on like the nursery? Oh uh, yeah, um, once upon a time. Once upon a time, he's big in that. Isn't yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Of course, he was in a Bond film. Uh, playing that. Yeah, he was he was in crap Bond film, but. That's the forgotten about bump. Is that when he got it on the end and he couldn't feel any pain? Yeah, actually, that's not a bad. I watched that. Actually, it's only because that's Denise Richards in it. He's got a shit name in it, but actually, it's not a bad bun film. It's a pretty good bun film. But uh, yeah, Robert Carlyle, brilliant actor, and his portrayal of Begbie, and he and ah. we'll more about that later on. But he is he plays him so well. Um, we do have a clip of that if we play it later on. Uh, Kevin McKeed as Thomas Tommy McKenzie, born 9th of August 1973. Probably the saddest story in it. The saddest story, but because he's really big in America as well now, isn't he? he he's kind of like, he's done, he's done quite well. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like American stuff. Uh, Kelly McDonald as Diane Coulson, yeah. uh, born 23rd of February 1976. She's actually 19 when she played the 14 year old Diane, so you, you you don't feel bad about seeing her. No, because she's, that's it, she's young. It's like, this yeah. is the book's a lot hard, more hardcore. It's a lot it? more hardcore in that. But yeah, but um, she's married to, of course, Dougie Payne, who's the bassist in Travis. Yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of her. She was in like, uh, Boardwalk Empire, she was in the top five she, programs yeah, She all time. really has done well for herself. Fair play. Considering as well that she was not a She wasn't a train actress, was she? No, no they, they saw her either in a bar or, I think, in a train station. Uh, supporting actors, I'll just run through these quickly. Uh, Peter Mullan. Uh, as uh, Swanee, his mother superior, Ellen Nixon, and Missy Renton, James Cosmo, again another man, a person who's in uh, Game of Thrones, uh, plays uh, Mr. Well, superior is a good character, isn't it? Yeah, Shirley Henderson as Gal Houston, Stuart McQuarrie as Gav Templer, Irving Welsh, of course, plays Mickey Forrester, uh, Kevin Allen as Andreas, and Kevin Allen as the dealer. So, um, let's go for the film. Um, the film opens uh, again, as you heard it, with uh, the two legging it down the street after robbing uh, the thing. Is it not a, 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 a you know? I you know, I was thinking this. Is this one of the great British starts of a film? I think it is. Yeah, I know a lot of people. Movie. I don't think I, you know, older people would never watch it because when I did my film studies, we did yeah. about this film, and all the older people oh, really? never actually what? Yeah, because uh, you had to like you had to nominate a film, and we all had a vote, and all the young ones wanted to try and spot him. Yeah. And all the older people, over the older, post 50, had never watched it. I'd had a bunch of film about drugs. Right? Oh. Watched it. Oh, it's really good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because, you know. Don't you find that slightly ironic, though, that you're doing a film class, and somebody says, I don't want to watch a film? You get it loads. You get it loads in films. People have preconceptions of films. Oh, I don't like that subject, but it's about the people. How did you say saying? Well, you just I would have walked out. Oh no, you just have to, but you know. Well, I always think I take it. I took it as a, 
a thing that I wanted to change. Um, and like I said, yeah, yeah, I, you know, there's loads of films like that at films that are, oh, I don't know what you film about that. that. Sounds too depressing. Well, you know, just watch it and see. Mm. And then, well, then we watched it. And then when I say, oh, what, what did you like about it? When I asked, oh, love the beginning bit. Brilliant beginning yeah. bit. So, it is. Don't, don't it's amazing. Do you think as well that that's another, another thing of like the importance of a good soundtrack? Works tandem. It's that, and it's Ewan Ye- McGregor's face when he's laughing. Oh, when he gets hit by the car. I love that bit, yeah. the way he's laughing, because he's like, it's brilliant. Yeah. We're having such an event. Because that's what this film is about. It's like pro, and, you know, you can have amazing adventures on drugs. Yeah. And he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't have him, he's like that bit where they're being chased, and he's like laughing at the big guy. There is also that thing, isn't it, where, where when you're younger, not so much now because we can't run today. No, no, no. But there was nothing, there was nothing better than being legged. Was that? We used to do it. You used to set in your kid, that's what you do. <laughs> Throw something at a bloke and get yeah, legged yeah, over The adrenaline rush of being oh, legged yeah, it's was exciting. Um, I was going to say something else. Do you think that uh, Guy Ritchie was slightly inspired by the opening winning thing for yeah, to put in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels? Oh, good point, actually, because that's a brilliant beginning as well, isn't it's it? Again, get good music and a chase scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the problem, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's influenced. It was all this film was all over British filmmaking. Yeah, because yeah. like the way after Lockstock, you had millions of films that looked like this. After this, there was films about drugs more often and about youth and war people. But yeah. nothing was as good as that. As good as that. No, I, I think that obviously we've mentioned Human Traffic came out. I think this is England came out because of this film as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of influence by that, and also probably like well, about re- about you know in Britain, <coughs> in Britain, we quite obsessed the filmmaking with the middle classes and we still are with like Downton Abbey and all these kind of things we're obsessed with that but he was saying well you know the underclass who these are are just as important their stories are just as important as people have got loads of money and whilst I'm thinking about it I've just mentioned This Is England are you looking forward to This Is England no no, I love This Is England. I like the I like the first one. I love I've This Is England. Not enjoyed any of the. Others. I find I find them really really self indulgent. I'm glad you said that. I, I, I thought I, that was just me thinking it. You know, no, I, I do. It's like oh yeah, the you know the beauty and misery and all that. Oh, it all depressed. It's like well, you know, he ain't living these lives, and he talk, he may talk about. I do like his films. Shane Meadows. Yeah, I do like his films, but he hasn't lived that kind of life for a long time. He's been had money and been a director. Yeah. And I thought. Uh, is, this still, is this still him doing it? Or is yeah, he just this a producer is a, now? No, no, he's, this is, this, that's why he's only doing four. Oh. There's only four episodes of this. And he said, this is it, going to be it because my wife loves them. Oh, really? Um, but then again, I always say, so what do you like about him? She goes, oh, I love the clothes and the music. But what about the film? That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's so what style you, over substance. There's nothing wrong with that. But people go about it's really deep. No, it's not. People just love the bloody music. I think the first one was. I thought the first one was really well done. But That's Stephen Graham, isn't it? it was yeah, I saw the other... Yeah, Stephen Graham is probably one of the But I saw the other one after Secret, and I, I thought, oh, I don't, don't get it. Um, yeah, so anyway, they opposite of them running in, and they end up then in uh, Mother Superior's house, which is their main drug dealing place. Sick boy, of course, talking about Sean Connery, you know, Gratie's and all that. <laughs> you see the girl there, and you see the ba- her baby, which we'll come to a little bit later on. And Renton decides that he's going to be sober. He's going to be clean. And there's a lovely little line this where he goes, uh, he goes, I take some of my mother's Valium, Valium, her own sociably acceptable drug habit. Well, that's, what this, that's it with this film. There's drugs, like the classic, 
I don't put as much shite in my face. Oh yeah, we big big drinking. He'd destroy himself with alcohol and have <coughs> then chastise someone for doing drugs. Yeah. It was actually fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More yeah. more more violence caused by alcohol than any other any other uh, thing. Yeah. Um but he goes and gets uh, he has Valium, but then he has to go to Irving Wolf, well not Irving Wolf, but Irving Walsh's character himself, yeah, so. and gets the uh, suppositories done. This is the scene of true beauty of yeah. magical reality in this in film. In which we get the worst toilet in Scotland because Obviously, when, when uh, uh, well, he explains, he, there's a voiceover all the way through this, which you said, of course, is done by Rent, and he explains that, of course, heroin makes you constipated. As soon as you stop taking heroin, oh, you don't begin. Yes. And he has to find a toilet, and it's a beautiful scene because it does look like the worst toilet it's in the world scene, ever. Right. But we've all been in the position, let's not talk about holiday, uh, where you're desperate yeah, for the toilet. Yeah. And you need to find that toilet. You will go anywhere. And it does look beautifully decorated, the scene decorated. And you know what? And, and also, when he, because he goes to the toilet, of course, what comes out of him is the suppositories, which he desperately needs. So he puts his hand in, so well acted by Hugh McGregor, where he's like, he's, he's retching about uh-huh. it. And you see the crap on his hand. That toilet's actually decorated in chocolate. Bloody hell. And actually smelled really nice, smelled of lavender. Uh-huh. So, you know, even better acting for that. And it's he goes into the toilet, doesn't he? It's a beautiful scene. What's really good about that as well is if you, I don't know if you noticed, but as he goes into the into the toilet, he turns. Yeah, he does, yeah. And that's to signify he's going down the U bend. Ah, it's yeah. a nice little touch that is. It's an amazing bit though, because it's like beauty, isn't that? Yeah. And he's yeah. like when he sees the suppository, it's like really big and that, yeah. isn't it? And it's like beauty. It's like the, uh, you know finding buried treasure or something, yeah. isn't it? That's the he's whole got, thing. Isn't it? He's got oh, that yeah, smile. Yeah, and he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets his, he gets the underwater scene, which actually filmed in the swimming bath. Uh, he gets his suppositories back and he then, of course, says that he's going to become clean. And he does. But Sick Boy decides to become clean as well. Not because he wants to, but just so, so that he can piss Rent enough. That's what's good about that. That's friendship in his He's like, It's a bit like you think, you know what, I'm going to lose weight. And someone all goes, actually, I'll do the same. You go, oh, you fucker. Because you know for a while you're going to get thinner than that. So Sick Boy and Rent then go over the park with the gun and talk about how, well, actually, Sick Boy's uh, rule of life where you, everyone loses it online. online says, like, the name of the rose was otherwise a blip on a, a downhill trajectory for Sean Connery. And Renton goes, what about, what about uh, The Untouchables? Which is a great film. And he, he ignores Untouchables because it had an Academy Award. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, you can't, that is one of Connery's great films. Mm-hmm. You know. um, and then they shoot the, uh, the, the is it a, sp- a pit bull or a bull mastiff? Skinhead. Right. Uh, yeah, Skinhead's pit bull and it attacks him. Shoots in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know they? You know they got the, the dog to um, react like they did. Uh-huh. Uh, Danny Balls off camera screaming at it. Oh, I was it. Why just bites up? Yeah, great bit that is. Uh, Renton then Renton and Spud go for a milkshake together because Spud's got um, presumably they both got interviews because they're both dressed up in suits. And he says to uh, Spud a great line uh, where he goes, um, he goes, well if you do, don't don't look like you don't want a job because then you'll lose your doll your doll money. But otherwise, don't do it too well. Otherwise, you'll get the job yeah 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 and Spud goes oh, I'm really nervous oh, and yeah. what does he give him give him some speed give him a rapper it's a classic speed. rapper speed isn't it? it's a great interview as well isn't it? yeah 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 that's a slide of it yeah good luck Spud cheers cowboy now remember what if they think you're no trying you're in trouble right first hint of that and they'll be onto the DHSS this cunt is no trying and your gyro's fucking finished right right but then again try too hard you might get the fucking job <laughs> exactly nightmare it's a tightrope Spud it's a fucking tightrope. See, I just get pure shy with the interviewer cats. Like, I get all nervous and I can't answer any of the questions. Like, I'm a footballer and I get nerves it's on a big occasion, man. Try some of this, Spud. Yeah, a little dab of speed is just a ticket, man. No! I went to Craigie! Craig Newton! 
I just put it down to Royal Edinburgh College to help get the job. There's too much discrimination in this town, man. Because they're both schools, right? And we're all in this together. And I wanted to put across the general idea rather than the details. Like, people get all hung up on details. Like, what school did I go to? How many openings did I get? Could be like six, could be none. It's not important. What is important is that I am, yes? Mr. Murphy, do you mean that you lied on your application? No. Well, yeah, oh, yes. Only to get my foot in the door. It's one of the initiative in that, like. But you were referred here by the Department of Employment. There was no need for you to get your foot in the door, as you put it. Yeah, cool. Whatever you say, man, sorry. You're the man, the dude in the chair. I am merely here. Like, we well, obviously, I'm here, like, but... Mr Murphy, what exactly attracts you to the leisure industry? In a word, pleasure. Like, my pleasure in other people's leisure. Do you see yourself as having any weaknesses? Oh, yes, because, like, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, actually. Yes, I am. See, for me, it's got to be the best, or it's nothing at all. Like, things get a bit dodgy. I just cannot be bothered. But, hey, I get good vibes about this interview thing today, though, man. Seems to me like it's going pretty well, eh? Thank you, Mr Murphy. We'll let you know. <laughs> the pleasure was mine, man. Spud had done well. I was proud of him. He fucked up good and proper. You had to hand it to Spud. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, Spud's interview, which is all, uh, literally all over the place. Uh, then we then see Begbie talking about this amazing pool game that he had and that he had a fight on it. Now, this is a brilliant thing. This is like being when you're drunk in it. You create this in your story. You're an amazing snooker player. Yeah. Yeah, knocking the balls around. Yeah. But it's got the reality of it, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's that, so that scary seeing that. Is. Well, it is actually, yeah. But especially with like Begbie you know, talking about it. Got you the scene. All the fucking week here, doing the fucking volley with Tommy playing pool. I'm playing like Paul fucking Newman, by the way. Giving a boy here the turn into a leaf thing. So it comes today, they're the last shot, the deciding boy of the whole tournament. I'm in a black, and he's sitting in the corner looking all fucking biscuit earst. And this hard cunt comes out. Obviously fucking fancy themselves like. Start staring at me. Looking at me right fucking at me as if they say come ahead, square go. Are you kidding me? I'm not a type of cunt that goes looking for fucking bother like, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm a cunt with a pool cue and he could have a fat end in his puss anytime he fucking wanted like. So squares up. Casual like. What does a hard cunt do? Or a so-called hard cunt? Shites it. Puts down his drink, turns, and gets the fuck out of it. And after that, one again was mine. And that was it. That was Begbie's story. Or at least that was Begbie's version of the story. But a couple of days later, I got the truth from Tommy. He always got the truth from Tommy. It was one of his major weaknesses. He never told lies, he never took drugs, and he never cheated on anyone. It was Wednesday morning. We were in the volley playing pool, that much is true. But Begbie is playing absolutely fucking gash. He's got a hangover so bad he can hardly hold the fucking cue, never mind pot a ball. I'm doing my best to lose, you know, trying to humour him like, but it's not doing any good. Every time I touch a ball, I seem to pot something. Every time Begbie goes to the table, he fucks it up. Oh, fuck's sake. So, he's got the hump, right? 
But finally, I managed to set it up. So all he has to do is to pot the black to win one game to salvage a little bit of pride and uh, maybe not kick my head in, right? So he's on the black. Pressure shot. And it all goes wrong big time. He picks on this specky wee gadget at the bar and accuses him of putting him off by looking at him. How could you believe it? The poor wee cunt hasn't even glanced in our direction. Fuck off! He was going to chib him, I tell you. Then I thought he was going to do me. The beggar's fucking psycho, man. But he's a mate, you know, so what can you do? Can I borrow this? What indeed could one do? Just stand back and watch and try not to get involved. <laughs> Begbie didn't do drugs either. He just did people. That's what he got off on. His own sensory addiction. Alas, <laughs> he got blasted. No cunt leaves here till we find out what cunt did it. Who the fuck are you? He's absolutely, I know he's pissed. And he's all that. And the way that, that poor meat guy opens the bag of crisps and he eats it and makes me lose the shot. And he just goes over to him, smacks him with the pork cube. But what's the scary bit is he just takes that knife out and he's going to gash him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's like, whoa, man. Because that's, yeah, because when he tries to stop him, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he turns, turns his knife Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he, but he, there's that classic line in this is that you don't pick your friends and it's exactly right that yeah, isn't it, is, it? Yeah. you yeah. end up together yeah. and you don't always get on no. but it's the way he says at the end of the day he's a mate though isn't he that's it we we've had this a couple of our yeah, mates yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. what about what he did last night yeah but you mate you know yeah it's, it's, it's weird it's isn't weird. it stick with you. but as Tommy's telling Renton the, the, the real story of it he's doing his workout isn't he? and Renton's looking at your video times and he finds one 100 best goals and then he finds another one saying Tommy and Lizzie's sex tape. Yeah, this is it. And then he swapped the tape over and he says, Can I borrow this? Yeah. And he buzzes now that like well, you think uh, you'd probably you know, would you do that? I don't know, I wouldn't want to see my mate shagging. No. But an innocent kind of wind up joke the way it leads to the downfall of Tommy actually. Uh, well, and he's well, everybody destroys Tommy. Yeah. And it isn't his fault. It's not his fault at all. No. He ain't done anything wrong. We'll, he's we'll, we'll junky, keep... mate. Well, as I said, we'll get into it. Yeah. Then we see the actual fight at Begbie. We don't have a... We, we, I haven't got a clip of that. But the fight at that, where Begbie throws his pint glass over... For no reason. And he just, he's just held there as I talk about the... Well, the glass goes down, and you hear that... And a woman scream. And I, I think it's... Renton goes, uh, Begbie never did drugs. Begbie got off on one thing, and he got off on hurting people. Yeah. He takes the knife out, puts yeah, the yeah. knife on the table, goes... Right. He goes downstairs, yeah. and he goes, Light! Now, I'm sorry if I'm going to do... If this yeah. guy's talking to tell and he goes... Uh, this lass has been glassed and none of you fuckers are leaving here until they find out who did it. And that one guy goes, who the fuck are you? And he goes, yes! Keeps that bloke in the balls and gets in the fight. It's a great scene. Yeah, I think yeah, we did, yeah. no, not that we did that, but we always used to do that kind of thing where you go, yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And off he goes for like that, that mad fight. Yeah. And it's a real mad, mad fight going on. Oh yeah, because they don't want to be out with him. Yeah. But they're all scared of him as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all petrified of him. Because mm. if you think of the first, oh, Mark ain't scared of him. He is. He is scared He's of him. He's scared of him. Oh, yeah, Every, everyone's scared of him. Especially, especially like, uh, 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 Spud. Yeah. Poor old Spud. Poor old Spud, yeah. He just can't stand up to him, nah, can he? Nah. 
Now, because uh, Renton's now off heroin, of course, the one thing that comes back is his sex drive. So, of course, he goes out looking for, for ladies and they end up in a nightclub. And did you notice what the nightclub's done up like? It's uh, done up like our next episode, our Halloween episode, the Malocco Milk Bar. If you look at the writing on the back, yeah, where yeah. Spud and uh, Sick Boy, uh, no, Spud and Tommy are talking about yeah, yeah. the girls behind them, it's the Malocco Milk Bar writing. Oh, look at that again. Now, there's a great little thing in there where you've got Tommy and uh, Spud talking about their relationship, and she and he's saying, oh, I couldn't get up and all that. And she's going, oh, she, I, had, I missed her birthday, and she's you've got to go in. And it cuts to the girls in the toilet, and I thought, well, how cool is that? That's exactly what it's like in it. When they come back, and he goes, What are you two talking about? Football. Yeah, yeah. What are you two talking about? Shopping. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, Renton sees Diane. And he ends up like, she, he watches her leave and he runs after her. It's a brilliant scene now where, you know, she goes, uh, oh, you're a little bit of Maverick, you're a little bit of this. And she just gets in taxi and leaves the door open. It goes back to her because they have, there's a quite, you know, explicit sex scene in it. And he falls asleep on the couch because she tells him to get out of sleep on the couch. Spud Milmore goes back to the girlfriend's house. He's totally out of it. Doesn't happen anything there. They both wake up in the morning. No, he's like, uh, they go, you go, he's just passed out. You he's know? just passed out. He goes, what, what am I missing? He goes, not a lot. <laughs> but what, but the, next, the next morning scene, I think, is brilliant because you got Renton who wakes up thinking, oh, I mean, he thinks he's in her shared house. And he's sitting there and he sits down to, to these two people and he goes, oh, so you're her flatmates. And he goes, right, and she turns around and he says she's in a school. Oh, yeah, and you can see that he looks and he realises that it's the parents sitting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But I feel so, well, no, I mean, that's because that's you must be thinking, oh, shit. Yeah, because like I said, in the book as well. She's yeah, really young she's as well. Really young. And then he cuts to Spud, of course, wakes up thinking, where the fuck am I? Those aren't really happy at first. Yeah, like, I don't know where I am. And he looks down and you can see the brown <laughs> stain and he's got his hand out and he's all covered in crap. And you feel for him because he goes, he goes, oh no, I'll, I'll clean those. And the mum goes, no, no, don't worry about it, I'll clean it. And she pulls it and all of the crap goes in. Good old Oh, spud. poor Spud. Oh, dear me. But then, then Diane turns around and says, uh, look, um, you know, we're, we're going to see each other again. And he goes, no, you can't. He goes, yeah, do you know what that do to me in prison? I cut my balls off. And she said, well, I'll just tell everyone then. Yeah. So he's kind of blackmailed into it, but they do kind of like it. And actually, you can see there's a span of time here. Because a little bit later on, apparently she's older. She's 16, isn't it? Uh, As you start seeing it. But then it cuts to the lads getting on a train and going to um, the Highlands. Great. And Tommy goes, come on, we'll we'll, we'll go and have a look at it. And Renton turns around and says, it's shite me, Scotty. Now, I like this because this is the British way. What do they do? Let's go to the country and take a load of booze. Yeah. Just stand in there with cans of booze. Cans of booze. That, that's the British way. We can only do something if there's booze involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. There should have been walking, but it's got some great stuff in there. It, it's Renton's line, actually. Uh, yeah, it's that bit where he says, uh, some people hate the English. I don't. I don't. They're just wankers. They're just wankers. We're the, we're the country. Who's Colonised by the wankers. wankers. Yeah. yeah. I think why are they if we play? Yeah, it's an amazing bit. Oh, what are you waiting for? Tommy. This is not natural, man. It's a great outdoors. It's fresh air. Look, Tommy, we know you're getting a hard time off Lizzie, but there's really no need to take it out on us. Doesn't it make you proud to be Scottish? It's shite being Scottish. With the lowest of the low. The scum of the fucking earth. The most wretched, miserable, servile, pathetic trash that was ever shot into civilization. Some people hate the English, I don't. They're just wankers. We, on the other hand, are colonised by wankers. 
Can't even find a decent culture to be colonised by. We're ruled by a few assholes. It's a shite state of affairs to be in, Tommy, and all the fresh air in the world won't make any fucking difference. Uh, it is an amazing bit, and it's, it's, and it's so well done because it's written by a Scotsman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like, you know, how a lot of people... And, you know, there you go. So anyway, they, they, they end up turning back, walking back from the Highlands, and, uh, and then they decide, of course, to go back uh, to Heron. Tommy splits up with his girlfriend because of the sex act, because they, they have a night out that night out after. They say, come on, let's put the sex out, I want to watch us. And, uh, and at the same time, uh, as they, they look up and it's a football that they'll be watching. It's that, man, Renton, that, that game's all the way through this yeah, film. Well, Renton turned around and goes, God, I haven't felt that good since Archie Gemmell scored the goal in 1975, which, of course, is the, the film they're watching. That, that, yeah, that yeah, Tommy yeah. ends up watching. They end up like, Tommy ends up, of course, splitting up because they can't find the sex day. Spud and Renton then go and steal an old people's TV, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, right? because of the way they're talking to him, isn't they? Yeah, they're doing just pick it up and walk off. That's great. Uh, it's the first, now the first day of the Edinburgh Festival where you get that American guy going and goes, hey, do you have a bathroom I may use? Yeah. And you walk around and they just all look and they all get up and walk off. Again, they have to stop Begby from slashing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's got that thing in that, what I like about this, where you find there that Mark's not that nice, is where Tommy goes to him yeah. And he goes, oh, I'm suffering really bad. Just give us some drugs. He shouldn't give him drugs, no. but he don't care. But at least on that scene, though, that Renton smacked out of it. Yeah. And he says, come on, good luck. I'm a grown man. I can do. I can, I can make my own choices. And Renton ignores him. He goes, I've got the money. And he, as soon as he says, I've got the money, he goes, oh, I can score myself here. It's the addict's way. Yeah, and that's what shows you that first above their friendship. Yeah. He's all dr- They're all in it for themselves, mm. but they just happen to be together. Now, when they're all smacked out, of course, this is the bit where I think everyone's, when you're watching this film, you're going, oh, right, yeah, they've tried. This is the bit of the film where it punches you smack in the face, where, and it's mainly the voiceover, and I'm sorry we don't have the voiceovers on it, but where Renton goes, I don't know how long Rachel had been screaming. She could have been screaming all day as far as I was It's concerned. a horrible scene, this Spud bit. turns around and says, will you shut up a bit? Sick boy's the one who jumps out and says, Rachel, what's the matter? And she walks in, and the baby is dead in the yeah. car. And yeah. it's... A horrific scene because it's a baby that's been left because of neglect. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful dummy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see that it's crapped everywhere. And it's it's so horrific. And the way Sick Boy goes, haven't you got anything to say then? Say something now. And it becomes obvious then that you find out that Sick Boy's the dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, um, it is, it is, it's, I think oh, it's yeah, a game yeah, changer. Yeah, again, you know, it's a time I was pro Halloween. No. What's that scene? But Tell also, me that's pro Also, as well, there, when you notice about that, he says, when he says, haven't you got anything to say? And he goes, I'm going to get you, I'm jacking up. And Rachel, the mother, turns around and says, do me one as well, I need, I need to get over it. So she uses drugs again to get over something that's caused the death of her baby. So again, like you say, Where's where's the positivity of this? There's no positivity to, te- to taking heroin at all. There no, it might thing. feel really, really good, and you've got to show that because that's Which my problem with anti-drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never show you that they make you feel good. Yeah. It's all the afterwards that are yeah. bad. I was listening to um, uh, this, this yesterday. Actually, I was listening to um, which I think is a great CD. Uh, Get in the van by Henry Rollins. Uh, and it's about his early days of touring with Black Flag from 1981 and you can see the downhill the downfall of Henry Rollins really the, his paranoia that kicks in which of course he uses then for his talking books I mean he's, a, he's just a legend Henry okay. Rollins is I've, I've always been a big admirer of his but there's one bit where he turns around and says um, how he's seen people and how he, just, he gets disgusted by people because of who he sees and he goes I'm disgusted by people who are, who are done by drink and how pathetic can you be when you're doped out your head if you, if you have to smoke weed he goes, man, you're fucked over by a plant. 
It's true. And he's such a good line. I never yeah. thought about that because how people can get, yeah. you know, because everyone's, it doesn't matter who you are, everyone's you're always addicted to something, whether you're addicted to religion, whether you're addicted to films, whether you're addicted to drink, drugs, whatever. Everyone has some addiction somewhere. Yeah, that. it's part of the human condition. If you say you're not, I'm sorry. Like, it's yeah. part of the human condition. Exactly. Um, now, we then cut to the scene, which is the opening of the scene, where you see him going to John, Mc- John, uh, John Menzies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of stationary, for God's sake. Sick boy gets away. That's it. You see Renton and Spugger, they both get arrested. Rested, they both yeah. put in the dark. But Spud gets six months, and Renton gets off. But when they're in the pub celebrating Renton getting off, uh, Spud's mum walks in. It's such a sad, sad thing, because obviously he's been done before. And Begby turns around and says, it's your fault. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you think that's not the... Again, it shows how much of a nasty piece of work. Oh, he's a horrible. You know. Renton goes back to Mother Superior for the hit, and this is where uh, you get the uh, 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 the Lou Reed song, Perfect Day, uh, which I think has been overdone recently. Oh, yeah, no, but, yeah, but, but when he was in this film... In this film, because it's the, the overdose scene, where he falls into the carpet. Again, done on budget, where they literally right. are just holding him up and just lowering. Remember down. that that song is about Lou Reed waiting for his drug dealer to turn on. Yeah, so that's what that song, song is about. It's an app song, but that's yeah. an interesting thing as well. Isn't it? At the beginning of this film, when they're talking about the downfall, goes Lou Reed. You know, Lou Reed turned crap. Oh and yeah, Renton goes actually not me. Uh, some of Lou Reed's solo songs are good, and uh, Sid Boy goes yeah, but ultimately though, when you think about it, they are shit, aren't they? But I disagree with that actually. I mean, uh, I mean, Lou Reed was in. Uh, I love Lou Reed. Velvet Underground. Velvet I love them. I love Lou oh, Reed. No, so that can't have been the film, that name of the film because then we say it was called Velvet Underground. The film. Velvet. Velvet Goldmine. Velvet Goldmine. Sorry, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, but I think that he's such a well done, perfect song for a, a perfect scene in the film. Well, could yeah, but if you know anything about Lou Reed, he was a really bad hearing addict for years, and he was like the junkie's favourite person. The lovely dead. Died last he year. Died last year, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, that song—it's perfect because you know. That song is not exciting. <laughs> it, it's going to get him because it's making him feel well. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's all about. Not high. No. Well, junkies are trying to get well, not high. Yeah. So M- Mother Superior then takes the, you know, the overdose um, Renton. And great acting by you because he drags him down upstairs and throws him out of the cab. How he kept him character there, I don't know. But um, his mum and dad pick him up from there and, and then you get proper cold turkey. And they say, no, you're not having any drugs to help you out. We're just locking you in this room. It's and horrible state, yeah. And it is a horrible scene, actually. And also, again, very well kind of like, um, um, you know, researched, I think. Because it is the sweats. And it Would is you see, when I was reading about that, um, he was going to, when he was learning to shoot up uh, Hugh McGregor, hmm. he learned, he went with um, them people who did Alabama 3. That, does that place yeah, in Scotland yeah. where the junkies go and play football, don't they? Yeah, and actually the football team in that is the drug. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday. He went to them, right? That's what Alabama free come from, that, yeah, didn't yeah. that, right? He went to see them and they showed him how to use glucose who made it look like it. And yeah. he was going to shoot up. He was going to try it. He, he, he cooked it up. He kicked it up. And I thought, you're going too far for acting. Yeah, they actually used a prosthetic arm for all of his drug scenes in it. And uh, I think, you know, that's that's almost going too method. It's like it? a long slippery day with Dustin Hoffman in it. You ever tried acting, dear boy? Yeah, exactly. And it's right act. When you're doing it for real, it's not acting. You know who the last biggest cock was who started doing that was Christian Bale, I think. Really? I love Christian Bale, but I think, I think he's gone away from that now. He has, well, he needed to kill When he did that for the machine. Oh, I love him in the machinist, but it's scary. Do you that know what thing. he did to get that weight? What, uh, what he had? He had a, a tin of tuna and one cup of coffee a day. Fuck. I don't know how long for to get to that. But you and McGregor, honestly, and, you know, I said to you I was going to cut out Derek. This is not because of this. I must point out. In fact, I, I actually got quite shocked when I read the research for this. To get his way, he lost two stone in two months. You uh, agree? Two, and and what he did was all he did was though he stopped drinking and cut out dairy. 
Fuck's I don't think that. I mean, I did. I was right. Yeah, because he weren't big anyway. For two stone off that, because he weren't big anyway, wasn't he? But I read that and I thought, doesn't that? Because I, I, I was going to give up dairy when I and, and I've stopped drinking at the moment, well, mm. in the week. Um, yeah. so I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't. We can't get frozen. Right. Right. We got a beer drink. festival on Saturday, <laughs> man. No, that worth? I ain't giving. I'm not going to a beer festival not drinking. That ain't happening. Uh, but that's a good way. But yeah, a tin of tuna and a cup of coffee. All for the. How long must you have done that to get? Because he looks. He looks awful in that machine. Well, do you know, um, Chance's Subject's ain't got to be Lester Piggott. When Lester Piggott was the number one uh, finger, he had to keep his weight down because, you know, Lester Piggott was five foot nine. Yeah, yeah, same height as me. Right? I'm five ten. Right? The average uh, jockey is about five foot four yeah, yeah, yeah. because of his size. He had to keep his weight down. For six months, he lived on cigars and dry toast. Really? Yeah. That's been- Jesus. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. That's why he had to pack in yeah, because yeah. his body was ready. He'd kill him. He'd kill you. Anyway, during uh, uh, Renton's uh, cold turkey, um, Di- you see Diane singing to him. Begbie appears under the covers a uh, one bit. Uh, the baby crawling along the ceiling. Because it's is... a new order record as well, isn't it? It is a new order record, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Dale Winton doing that quiz show on the rules of HIV. Yeah, but you don't realise how big he was then, Dale Winton. big deal, Winton. wasn't it? Uh, you see Spud in chains, like, you know, almost like uh, Scrooge doing that bit. Tommy appears, and Tommy then, you suddenly realise the connection between... Uh, the Dale Winston HIV conversation and yeah, Tommy yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course the baby the baby then drops from the scene onto him and it's a horrific scene uh, and then his mum and dad say he goes uh, uh, Mark you need to do something and then you see him going for his HIV test of course he comes out as negative yeah. which of course is the irony on it of course he's a long time user Tommy first time user yeah, yeah that's just it yeah. but that's the gamble you play with sharing needles at the end of the day you know yeah. uh, he ends up going to Bingo and does that and he visits um uh, oh, because yeah, he visits uh, Tommy. The whole of his flat is a mess. We've got the cat. It's all about the way he dies because of the cat. The cat yeah. Uh, so uh, Mark then decides that he's got to escape it all. In fact, he's dying. He's, I think this is the out. weirdest thing in this. The way he thinks, right, I'm going to London. I'm going to London. He comes to the state agent thinking, <laughs> what? You've been a junkie. Well, <laughs> what's interesting about that? I love the fact that when he when he says, right, I'm going to London, and you get that scene where there's all people waving, and I like that because it is like I suppose it's what people at the moment we, we got people trying to get to Britain because they think Britain is paved with gold. Man, it really isn't. It really isn't. It really isn't paid God. You get here, especially now, uh, the way that Britain is by like the, the government of China to me, man, you got no chance. If you think you're going to get here and you're going to get a free house and you're going to get money anymore, I'm mm. sorry. And that the fact it's like mega expensive here. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, ain't, you ain't going to survive, you really ain't. Yeah, as you say, it becomes an estate agent. Uh, Diane writes him a letter, which is a wonderful bit where he goes, I saw your friend Spud, and he said he sent him your best, at least I think, I think, at least I think, I think, that's what he said so I couldn't get that yeah. he just seen me the guy and he's like and right there. I love that guy and then she says and uh, Francis Begbie's on the run and then you'll hear that yeah it's an amazing bit of it. and he just looks like that and he reads it again because Francis Begbie and he goes oh no and he's there I mean, oh, would you let him in I wouldn't let him in no. but he's scared of him he's yeah. scared of him eh? so Begbie ends he comes up there he takes over his flat. He makes him go and put the horses on. We see him win that horse race, and he turns around. The pile of cigarette papers outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then who else turns up? Bloody sick boy turns up, steals his TV and sells. No, it. Look, do you want to? You want to sell your? You sell your man. Do you want to sell your but another man? Yeah. <laughs> but one move out, and, and Vega goes. And why would I want to sell my passport? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and then the way the sick boy just in the chips, and he looks at Vega and just he gives out shrugs as if what's his problem? As if it's nothing. Yeah. So you see, he put his passport in, but then of course they all have to go back to Scotland because. Um, um, uh, Tommy's died but the way that the guy in the in the church is saying how he died he gets massive emblems isn't it how he yeah. dies and it's quite horrific the fact they only found him like seven days yeah. later 
but and you see Francis turn around and look at him and shut up like you know but the way he goes the camera's fine though yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's, I love this bit with the pub and they're all having a drink and that's where oh, uh, he gets up and sings that to little boys oh, that, it's, it's, I love the way he's singing that because yeah. it's not really perfect but it's so heartfelt it is and it's heartfelt because it comes from Spud yeah it? and you, you know then that actually that Spud's closest friend was Tommy yeah you know, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a really sad bit isn't it when he's it singing is. that song because there's that bit in the Highlands where he walks back when they're walking back you see Spud goes no man I really appreciate that yeah, you know? yeah. and it's like and it's such a shame where you see that um, they then had to decide that uh, Sick Boy has an idea for a massive skag deal, which has involved this something like you know, uh, was it this is where serving two, two kilograms, two, twenty kilograms. It's where serving Welsh, isn't it? Yeah, he's like uh, offered some Russian sailor or something. You don't know how, he's how true this story no, is. Someone summed him in a pub, and he gets hold of it, and he panics. He needs to get rid of it, so they buy it off, and they get down to London again. Uh, and you well, know, they make well. They need someone to try it, and anyone they'll trust is a junkie who's fucking more than willing to do it again. Yeah, you know it's that. And he does it, and he does it in the toilet as well. And he says the only reason why on the coast, because the only reason why I did that was to piss off Begbie. But there's Begbie. Did you see what he's drinking on that as well? A bottle of Thunderbird. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think he, I, I thought uh, Spud had a bottle of MD twenty twenty. You know, when you read that, and you think I can't believe we used to drink MD twenty twenty and Thunderbird. Oh Jesus. Um, they end up getting sixteen thousand pounds, which clearly, you know, you look and think you've got over twenty grand in there, but you know, you're not going to argue with Keith Allen on that. No. They get a sixteen grand. They're in the pub celebrating, and Begbie gets the points in, and he, that guy bumps into him, and he says, oh, "I'm sorry, mate," and he just won't let it lie, will he? And that bloke just turns around and goes, and he goes, "Oh, well, why don't you just fuck off then if you can't handle your drink?" Uh, and he glasses him straight in yeah. the face, I mean, and then he's going to get his knife out. Yeah, Spud tries to hold him back, and he cuts and him. He cuts and he doesn't give a shit. No, no. And then you think, yeah, you, you know, it's, and you can see the law scared of him. And I mean, uh, uh, Francis had already put the knife to big. Oh, let's talk about that bit. When they, when yeah. they go out in the night with the horses, now wings. you were about this. There's yeah. a lot. There's uh, in the book. There's a lot of underwriting that he that Begbie. Well, there is a little bit, but also, and we'll talk about the scene where when uh, uh, Begbie wins the horse race and they, they have a really good night. Hey, with are all friends. Are all friends. Great it's just, night it's just, I think no, it's just it's just Begbie and it's just renting, isn't it? They go out, they have a good night, the night out. He's clean, so he's there looking at. And he realises, of course, music's changed and gender's changed. And I think, did I take, did I write it down? Uh, yeah, Renton turns around in the, in the night and goes, soon there will be no girls or boys, just wankers. And that's fine with me. Because it's a transgender club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Begbie cops off with this, this lass who thinks it's a girl in the back of the car. And he puts his hand down and he realises, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, meat and two veg. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he comes out and he gets back because Renton's laughing about it and he, he puts a knife in his like, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, oh, no, I'll cut, yeah. He goes, I don't mind a laugh, doesn't he? Yeah. But as it turns out, I think Robert Carlyle says, he might be in the facts of the trivia later on, that um, he played Begbie as a person who was struggling with his homosexuality. Yeah, that's interesting, that is. <coughs> yeah. Which, which is often Because that's quite active, because I thought Mike would just laugh it off, and I, yeah. if he was a straight guy, you'd, you'd go, bloody, that, that oh, could have been a nightmare. That, that could have gone a bit too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? But yeah, he's a denoting somebody who's suppressing something so much yeah but the same about aggressive homophobes yeah. the reason they like that is it's because, because they're, they're, yeah. you know, they're generally so, gay well here's the thing isn't it I, you know hey I, I, I could easily happily sit here with a load of gay guys because I'm confident in my own sexuality yeah, doesn't yeah. bother me one bit yeah as the opposite of that is normally because you're suppressing it so yeah, yeah. you know being a bit of a psychologist yeah, yeah. yeah. now the bloke who's wanted because then you see um, uh, Spud get cut and they'd actually jokingly talked about where ah, we could just steal this out and Spud goes oh, I don't know uh, on yeah. the night they'll all asleep Renton wakes up 
gets the bag off Begbie, looks down at Spud, and Spud ah. looks at him. There's that moment between He wants two, him to go with him, doesn't he? And, and Spud just looks and just shakes his yeah. head. Yeah, he said, oh, you wanted to go, didn't he? And then Renton walks off, and then you cut to like Begbie just obliterating the room in anger. And they're sitting outside, and then you see Renton open his locker, his, his own locker, and put some money in it, close it. And he goes, he goes at the end of the day, he goes, uh, there's me now walking off from my so-called friends. And he goes, sick, uh, uh, Begbie, I couldn't give a shit about it. Sick boy, he'd have done the same to me if he thought of it first. The only one I feel sorry for is Spud. Yeah, yeah. And then he ends, and you see, it ends really well with you see him walking away and smiling at the camera. Yeah. And he goes black, and the credits come on. And then you see that one little scene where Spud opens the locker, and you see the money. And you, and for, you yeah, just yeah, see yeah, him yeah. open it, and you see him smile. And you think, because when they talk about it in the pub, all Spud, Begbie chastises Spud for saying, oh, you know, I just want to take a girl out and show her a good time and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And he chastises him. What a lovely little thing that he wants to do is to find someone he wants to settle down with, take her out for a nice meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So in the end, and that's, that's the end of the film. Yeah, so, you know, uh, as you said, uh, McGregor read up about crack and everything and he, he, he prepared by going to Carlton Athletic Recovery Group, who's a football team mm. there. And he was taught how to spoon and he was very close to, to, to trying it out himself. Um, where did he say? Uh, da, 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 da. So, filming locations, despite being set in Edinburgh, almost all of the film was shot in Glasgow, apart from the opening shot in Edinburgh, and the final scenes were shot in London. Notable locations. So, anyone up there in Glasgow or in Scotland, um, there's a load of these. Mate, it's, like, it's all in like uh, Griffnock, uh, Coral Railway Station. So, presumably, a lot of people who know. Um, I reckon if you're from there, you probably know all the places, don't you? Yeah. The reason why I've paused right is because my, my laptop's just turned off. Um, so, trivia, do you want to be a trivia? Go on then. Okay, okay. Kenny MacDonald uh, got the part. Uh, got the part in the production crew. We're handing out flyers in Glasgow. Um, he first laid her eyes off in the corridor with just a plain head and thought she's the old deal person. Which yeah. is pretty apt, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Got the Ray Winston and the uh, scum, weren't you? Yeah. All this stuff, actually, do, virtually all the. Uh, <laughs> We've talked about it. Here. We've talked about it already. Which is pretty good. Uh, oh yeah, Clockwork Orange, as we mentioned. Uh, the whole film was shot in just seven and a half weeks. That's such a turnaround, isn't it? It is mad, isn't it? That is. Uh, yeah, actually, virtually we've said all the, the stuff. I was ranked number 10 in the British Film Institute's Best All-Time Films. Yeah. Uh, Danny Boyle said that uh, in the credits that Spike Jones' uh, music video for Sabotage was what inspired the opening scene. Oh, yeah, 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 that's very, very, very good. Uh, the last scene with Spud getting the money in the locker was almost identical to a scene in Once uh, in Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, bloody there's, hell. There's loads of stuff like that, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. where they've, they've kind of like borrowed a little bit for it. Oh. Said we lost um, uh, £2 in late, you and McGregor did. Uh, so, yeah, one of the biggest grossing films in uh, 1996. There's oh, loads of references it. to the Beatles in this, uh, uh, when they're, they're being pursued by fans when they're running away. The opening scene when the train goes past. I mean, they're standing on the station, you throw into a hard day's night. I mean, they're walking across the road, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's good, loads, yeah, there's yeah. loads of those. It was Kevin McDonald's first um, film debut. In the book, Begbie is a tall, intimidating big guy. I've told you already about um, Eccleston being offered the role of, uh, of Begbie, which you can kind of... Yeah, you can sort of, movie. yeah, because, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, bloody brilliant film, really. It, uh, it, it's, it's certainly a film. Now, do you, I've still got the video of this. I mean, if you remember, I bought it and it had the special limited edition case with the glasses, yeah, the yeah. lighter, and all that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. never took it out of the pack. Brilliant. Awesome, yeah. isn't it? I've kept it. Your little camera's worth. Your little camera's worth. I don't know, actually. Probably wouldn't be an awful Yeah, because videos are probably not old enough yet. Oh, no, 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 they will. 
But uh, yeah, you can get a, a good uh, DVDs, and, and that's the first time I've watched that film since uh, me and you lived in our first flat together. Brilliant film, isn't it? You forget how good it is. It flies as well, doesn't it? Flies. Which I worked out it was over fifteen years ago. Yeah. That's the last time I saw it. But it was such a big deal because the soundtrack was number one as well. Well, they bought out two soundtracks, didn't they? They bought out number one, which is the main bits in it. And the second CD, which was the stuff that, that was in the background. And in, but yeah, going through uh, on YouTube to try and get some samples and, and, and the, choosing what music video I was going to put on there. I was amazed by how, how good the sound And also how um, apt the music is for the music at our time. Like you think Sleeper was on there. Yeah, Pulp yeah. was on there. You got, like you, like you mentioned, Joy Division. And you got the obvious ones. There's two Iggy Pop tracks. Yeah. Is the Iggy Pop track the one where it's like... Dun, 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 dun. Is that not? Is that the Iggy Pop? Is that the Iggy Pop one? Yeah, yeah. man, I, I forgot that. how. It's off the idiot. You got, you got the Evolve Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love, I love that. It's off the idiot. Nine ninety one, amazing oh, album. Man, that is such a good. Uh, that is, and so again, do you know so just a bit a really good version of trying if that uh, nightclub we've got to have a look at is a uh, Grace Jones. It's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, amazing. So what's what's good about it? It's like it's like it's even heavier and darker. Because oh, really? she sings it in a really I really like Grace Jones. So. She sings it very robotically, like yeah, so robotically, like. But if you want to watch it, it's an amazing version of it. I was thinking that you sound about that as like a cover version kind of stuff. Um, I, I know you don't like the band or anything like that, but you know when you do a cover version, do you prefer a cover, somebody who does a cover version of a song and they 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 do a song that's very similar to it, or do you like? No, I, want it totally like I want it completely. So do you think like the Scissor Sisters version of Comfortably Numb is yeah is really because I, I really, really like love that because yeah. when I first heard that I didn't actually associate it with the Pink no, Floyd no. version and so I love you, I love both versions. Remember, it, really, all it is is notes and words. You can do whatever you want with them, yeah. and that's why I, I, I can't see the point. It's doing exactly the same. I can't see the point. Which is the reason why I didn't. I that, that, we never talked about Perfect Day. Yeah, you know when they did that comedy relief version of it. We can't hear Heather Small sing about heroin. <laughs> so bloody hell. The only one, the only person on that who should be any good, the only one worth it is Shane McGowan's on it. It's such fun. <laughs> I love that bit, but the rest of it is terrible. It's like, do you know, when they did that, they didn't even know what that song was about. Oh, really? And afterwards it got to number one, there was loads of letters into the BBC, you know, because on points of view saying, you know, this song's about, it's about him scoring off his deal out they didn't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you that was about that? Perfect Day. Have you heard about the recent thing with the BBC regarding Chris Packham? Well, I've, I've saw this on Facebook. Chris Packham wrote, um, he'd been disciplined a few times actually, because he don't care, does he? No, he's no, like, no, he's no. a punk star of the world, yeah. I think. And he turned around and said in a magazine article, ironically, it's a BBC wildlife magazine, they've been done by the BBC, in which basically he, he turns, there's a, a bird or something that's, that's saying, oh, they haven't seen it for a while. And he goes, no, look, let's face facts, we know why, it's been hunted. This, this animal is access to the lion, and uh, the uh, Countryside Alliance have kicked off about it. Um, and demanding he'd be sacked you know these are the fox hunting pro people and everything all, the, oh. all those wankers uh, and, uh, and the BBC have not said they're going to sack him or anything like that but they haven't said they won't um, so once again he's bowing down to the uh, the upper echelons of you know cause, uh, who decides the BBC licence yeah, yeah, I see. Fox, yeah, 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 well, yeah, they're all so, toughs uh, and all that. So hopefully they won't get because no, he's got to be right to say once. But that's what yeah, they're saying. You know, the BBC need to realise you can have an opinion. Yeah, you can have an opinion. Yeah, but it's in the BBC magazine. Who's the editor? Yeah. It's a bit like the whole you know Vosgate thing. But yeah. you know, don't put it out. The editors they should know. Do you know? What I mean? Anyway, yeah. so uh, I hope you enjoyed that one. It's good to be back, uh, Cal. We're doing a Halloween issue yeah. next, uh, and do you want to announce what it Clockwork is? Clockwork Orange, which is one of our favourite all-time films. So I'm looking forward ready to for that. Ready for the brilliant soundtrack as well. Yes, I need to buy that off you because uh, I sold it. I did give you. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I don't know why I did that for. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah so uh, we'll be doing Clockwork Orange. Then November we're doing Life on Mars, which yeah. is actually has such a one. And Cal. 
oh, would you like to announce what our Christmas one's going to be? Oh, uh, no, we were talking about this the other day. We had a few things. Uh, yeah. No, it was Home Alone, isn't it? It is going to be Home Alone. Home Alone, because it's a brilliant Christmas And this actually is a Christmas film. <laughs> it is actually a Christmas film as well. Yeah, yeah we, were, we, had a, we were time with this or Christmas Vacation, weren't we? We've done Christmas Vacation now. Don't we? We've already done it. I can never admit it, Yeah. No, wasn't we, wasn't we debating whether we were going to do Scrooged or Home Alone? Yeah, that was it, because Scrooge is amazing. I'm leaving it up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Home Alone is wicked, though, isn't it? You make the decision. You, I'm you, sure we've, you, I'm, I'm I'm sure we've talked about uh, Chubby Chase, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> Chubby, uh, Chubby Chase, haven't we? I'm sure we've been, yeah. But no, no, let's do Home Alone because okay. we're just going to end up talking about the same things again as we've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, 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 oh, Bill Murray. We've done it. We keep talking about Bill Murray every podcast. We can't keep talking about Bill Murray. Yeah. So I think Home Alone's got all new people in it. Yeah, and then we'll be into January. We've already got a list of films of what we get in. And we are concentrating more on films uh, and we'll be doing the odd special, which might be me on my own of doing the odd TV programs that I'm going to do a little bit of research on because you're not over that keen on doing that are you? No, no, no. Uh, and we are going to do some actors as well oh I must do a big shout out we lost um, George Cole oh no uh, yeah yeah you're Warwick a big fan of George Cole well, yeah. well, he's also obviously signed as well so um, I really should read that as well yeah it's such a shame but he was cracking on a bit so uh, fair yeah, life, isn't it? yeah have a good life and I, I put on this little special that I did uh, I put on for anyone who stayed to the end of it I put on um, the Christmas single that Dennis Waterman and George Cole did Brilliant. and what we're going to get her indoors Brilliant. And so, uh, great to be back, and we'll see you for a Halloween episode. Take care, everybody, and look forward to Night Rider. Cheerio! If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the Internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. seeing you.